Uh, there's doping going on in the uh, in the sport of curling. What? <laughs> yeah. You know that thing where they toss like... They need like... to be all pumped up on Roy's <laughs> to push a rock down the thing. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Thursday, February 7th, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 485. This is No Agenda. Massaging my evil patch here in the capital of the drone star state, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where we're halfway to Valentine's Day, another fake holiday. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Ah, really? After we had that whole conversation on the last show where the guy was brilliant. What did he say? Don't you remember? He, he, he got married on uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah, no, that was a good idea. No, he was brilliant. Smart. Very, very smart. And well, yeah, what he did was he personally took out one of the holidays. <laughs> he took it right out. <laughs> if you really want to have some fun, you know, get married on Christmas and try to time the birth, <laughs> birth on Christmas. Yeah, I've known yeah. a couple of people that were born on Christmas, and they, they constantly grouse about feeling they were robbed. Well, my sister is uh, born on January 1st. and she feels, Oh, that's bad. Yeah, yeah she feels bad. the same way. It's like, you know, everyone calls drunk after, like, you know, like 2 in the morning. Ah, I forgot <laughs> your birthday. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that would have been perfect for me. I don't. I I so don't care about my birthday, and and you know, Miss Mickey's already threatening about my fiftieth. I'm like, oh, please. But she's threatening. She's gonna kill you. <laughs> yeah, it's time. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's time to go, loser. <laughs> surprise party or whatever. I'm like, I know. I know. Surprise, surprise party. I, I'm my fifth, and she's like, and I'll call Michelle. I'm like, no, because there'll be hookers and jail. And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. I'm like, no, I really don't feel like it. I don't. It's not what you're supposed to do. What are you supposed to do when you turn fifty? Do you remember? You have a you have an event, you know, probably a big dinner party or something like that. A dinner it's a, party. It's not a bachelor's party. <laughs> well, apparently Ms. Mickey thinks it is. It's like it's the hookers and jail time. I'm like I don't it's like okay, a, a nice dinner. I agree. A nice dinner is good. Do people bring you presents like gold bars and stuff? Yeah, you should have a huge uh, dinner party with as many people as you can. You know, maybe maybe make it a buffet. And then you get all these gifts. <laughs> A buffet to go with my bouffant. I love it. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, no, she's not going to kill me. She um, she just did. Oh my god, ah, this is real love. She just did her Gitmo Nation test for her green card, her medical test. Yeah, yeah. This is this is an annoyance, John. You have to prove you've had all your shots, and of course, you know she had uh, <clears throat> proof from uh, her her doctor in uh, the lowlands. And uh, but then like well should be good enough you, yeah but you have where's your booster should, where's proof that you had your booster booster your booster your booster shots booster booster shots and and mandatory flu shot but only during flu season so if she waits until March thirty first then she doesn't have to take the flu shot ah that's what she should do yeah but I mean isn't that isn't that just nuts yeah. Yeah, you know, especially since some people apparently get the flu from that shot. Well, of course. I mean, that was that's the first thing that'll happen. But I'm just like, oh my god, now that's real love, man. I mean, you do all that crap, and I did. I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her what happened the last time I went through this, which was, uh, granted was 25 years ago. What uh, happened with my ex-wife? What about her? 
Well, she had to do the same thing, only it was in Newark, New Jersey. And these, oh, these, this, you said you had to pay them off. Yeah, but this is not your, your own doctor. This is not a sanctioned office. You know, this is I mean, it is a sanctioned office. It's, you know, it's just some some back back uh, backwoods operation where the guy and it, you know it's like four hundred bucks. Hello, um, she just get ripped off left and right. Oh no! And there's another check that I have to write for another uh, one thousand fifty dollars for the expedited process again. Uh, just don't even get me started. Um, but uh, no, they 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 uh, stuck her wrong for the with the blood, and she passed out. Wow. Yeah. That happens all the time. You get a blood test and these guys, I mean, what, what does it take? They're poking and poking. You come back, you're all you're dri- dripping. You're all black and blue. <laughs> yeah, it's black terrible. and blue. Yeah. Yeah. How does it, what, is, what, are you, what actually happens when they do something that you pass out from it? What have they done? They've, uh, th- they haven't done anything. It's you. You made yourself pass out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I make myself pass out just thinking about it. I didn't want to. Yeah, well, there you go. It's just kind of gruesome. I don't want to think about going. Ugh. Ugh. Well, anyway, uh, I would like to uh, say hi, everybody, uh, to uh, all, all of you uh, within the sound of my voice. If you've been listening to this program, to the No Agenda show, known as the best podcast in the universe, then uh, all this drone news should come as no surprise to you. As we uh, we have been on this tip for years, and we've been riding the drone, we've been riding the drone for years. In fact, it was a year ago, almost to the day, that we uh, broke down the entire speech by Citizen um, uh, Holder, uh, where he explained this exact legal precedent. And, and you know, so everyone's and, and now everyone's all up in arms. Where was the press? Where was the media when Holder was on stage saying exactly this? I mean, exactly what is in this white paper? Don't you love that, John? The white paper. Yes, it's a it's a white paper. It's a white. It's paper. a it's a white paper. I With know Obama as president. Does that really apply? Well, you know, <laughs> wow, a racist joke, really, John? This early in the morning? Oh, that's. Quite amazing. It wasn't a racist it joke. It was totally racist. It wasn't a racist joke. It was a joke that had race involved in the punchline. Oh, that was very funny. Uh, here's the headline. I, I saw you didn't do any any clips whatsoever, so I'm presuming that a you're not all that interested. B uh, you figured I'd have whatever was necessary. Uh, the clips about the uh, white's paper. About the about the white's paper. Is that yeah. is that a correct I assumption? You'd probably, uh, I, there was actually two things I figured you'd get to the bottom of. Okay, and so I just let them slide, and that's one of them. Mm. I do, so I, I do have, yeah, hit yeah, me, yeah I'll, I'll hit you, I'll hurt you. I actually do have uh, an analysis of uh, of the legal stance. Now, this we did not have a year ago, uh, but of course I've been studying for my uh, for my law degree, so now and, I'm. Uh, I'm and not- by the way, I should mention, mm-hmm. uh, as as some of the commentators have mentioned, or at least they have in print. I haven't hear, heard it on the TV. Uh, the white paper is just a white paper. It's not actually the document that everyone's trying to get hold of, which is the the memos, no legal findings. No, these would be the memos. And um, well, actually, we can start with uh, with Holder. Uh, being grilled. This was this was this was on C-SPAN. I don't think this really made it onto television. Here is the uh, uh, attorney general being grilled, and I thought in this case the press was doing a pretty good job, uh, although this never makes it onto air um, about these so-called uh, memos. And of course, for those of you uh, who haven't been following along, 
um, when uh, George W. Bush, this is George W. Obama, when George W. Bush was president, um, there was this to do about the torture memos and the legal precedent for that, which the uh, George W. Obama administration released. Like, hey, we're so transparent, we're going to show you everything that Bush did. <laughs> Why not release the memos? I mean, you were a driving force behind uh, releasing the Bush administration's uh, torture memos. Uh, why aren't you a force for this? Well, I mean, we'll have to, you know, look at this and see uh, how, what is we want to do with these memos. Um, but you have to understand that we are talking about things that are, that go into really kind of how we conduct um, our offensive operations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're very offensive, these operations you have. This memo, the memo doesn't seem to be classified, though, right? It's, it was marked confidential but not classified. Why not release that to the general public? You said that you can only discuss that in a classified setting, but in this memo you're discussing the difference between those two. We're taking what sounds like an ongoing threat and saying that it's an imminent threat. Yeah, well, I mean, that's something I mean, we'd have to look into, you know, what's exactly in the white paper. Um, <laughs> we don't know what's in the white he, Now he's pretending he doesn't know what's in the white paper. We'd have to look into that. Are you not aware of what's in the white paper? Uh, we'd have to, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> anyway, so Holder, of course, is uh, it's holding the bag uh, in this case. But I, but uh, what I like so much is how this, this was um, discovered. Of course, you know, this is not a leak or anything. Um and uh, NBC, for, and for reasons unknown, NBC got the exclusive. What do you think this could be, John? Why was it not ABC? Either I, I was wondering myself. Well, I think ABC's uh, they don't really have anything to trade. Uh, <laughs> Here, we'll give you Diane Sawyer, and we'll throw in Barbara Walters if you just yeah. give us the white paper. I don't know. I, I, I think it may have some connection to Immelt. Yeah, I think they're all traded out. I think that's. I think you're making a good point. Is you know they they got the interviews with the president. They did everything leading up to the election, and now that like they shot their wad. I think that's a good point. They just don't have any more good shows. And uh, anyway, Brian Williams, uh, I think did a great lead in uh, to the story. So I'll just give you the lead in to the story, which I I thought was I just laid it right out there. Good evening. Some people regard death by drone as a necessary evil of <laughs> just thank you for uh, the headlines across the world. Death by drone. Thank you, Brian Williams. Our post 9-11 world, the way we have to do business against an enemy we can't see, including sometimes Americans who have switched sides. Others see the use of drones by the United States as nothing more than execution by air without due process, no court, no charges, no trial and relatively little oversight. That would be, um, what we, I think we kind of view it that way. How about you, John? <laughs> yeah, the kill list. <laughs> yeah. What's beyond Obama's dispute is this. Personal kill list. I'm going to kill this guy today. Acts have become a huge weapon for this country, and this president has made unprecedented use of them. NBC News has obtained a government document that Woo! lays out the legal argument to justify the president's use of drones to kill al-Qaeda suspects, including, in some cases, U.S. citizens. Now, this is not entirely true. Um, that it doesn't really lay out the entire legal aspect, but I, I, I will get into uh, a couple uh, pieces of it, but not after, not until after we have heard uh, the the biggest drone in the universe. That would be uh, Jay Carney, uh, who is uh, he is the press uh, secretary, but he, he oh, this guy is so boring. He just drones on and on and on, but he. 
is what happened. The president uh, went into the newsroom, in, uh, and you have to see the sequence in ev- you know the full events was just mind boggling to me. Uh, so the president goes into the the press newsroom, uh, does this bloody blas you know about let's pass some little budget now so we don't have to you know cut spending to my buddies there in the military industrial complex you know the sequestration. And uh, even though there's this huge elephant in the room, I mean, just enormous, this kill list, death by drone, and uh, then he's done with this little pitch for whatever about, you know, passing some insignificant budget to kick the can down the road, and then he leaves. Thanks very much, and I know that you're going to have a whole bunch of other questions, and that's why I hired this guy, Jay Carney, uh, to... Press thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> Don't answer any questions yourself. <laughs> Let's talk to the idiot. To, uh, to take those questions. Thank you, everybody. Ah, thank you, everybody. And he just rocks out. And he just walks right out. a lot like Elvis as he left. Isn't it, isn't it exactly? Hey, everybody. everybody. Jay Carter will close the show. Um, so uh, here is his um, written statement answering the question, which, of course, is question numero uno. Thanks uh, for being here. I was hoping to skip the briefing today, but apparently uh, I'm here to take your question. Oh, apparently. <laughs> Julian. Um, how can the government determine that an American citizen is an imminent threat to the U.S. or U.S. interests without having any kind of specific evidence that that person is planning Well, the the question, obviously, that you ask relates to some stories out today uh, regarding a a document prepared, an unclassified document prepared for uh, some members of Congress, and uh, understandable questions. And I can just say that, uh, you know, this president takes his responsibilities very seriously, and, and, and first and foremost, that's his responsibility to protect the United States and American citizens. Okay. All right. Let's stop it right there. Uh, This is my pet peeve. And uh, to prove that this is a lie, that this is not the president's first and foremost responsibility, it is not, I am going to play the 30 seconds, uh, uh, the entire 30 seconds of what the president pledged with his oath to office uh, this past January for his second term, so we can be very clear what he is swearing to do. Right hand and repeat after me. I, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear. I, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute. That I will faithfully execute. The office of President of the United States. The office of President of the United States. And will to the best of my ability. And will to the best of my ability. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend. What, what's he going to say next? Will it be the United States of America? The people of America? What could it be? The Constitution oh. of the United States. Oh. The Constitution of the United States. So help you so God. Help me God. So help me God. And that's it. So let's make it clear once and for all. He is pledging to uphold and protect the Constitution of the United States, not the citizens of the United States. Do you know, John, actually what the 12 powers are of the president we've never discussed this i don't think uh there are only 12 things constitutionally that the president can do yeah it's in the constitution i believe so we just run down them real quick they're, they're yeah, really, go ahead. okay one be commander-in-chief of the army and navy when called into service two 
require the opinion of the principal officer in each executive department. So I guess you can have meetings. Three, have power to grant reprieves and pardons. So that's you get people out of jail. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's when Clinton let Mark Rich, yeah, exactly. the, the felon, uh, <laughs> go, go, go uh, start the entire oil uh, hedge business. Yeah. Uh, four, make treaties. Five, ooh, this is a big one. Nominate and appoint ambassadors, judges of the Supreme Court, and all other officers of the United States. Fill up vacancies during the recess of the Senate. Give to Congress information of the State of the Union. That's like you know, a, a bigger meeting. Recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. That's just recommendation for their consideration. Uh, on extraordinary occasions, convene both houses or either of them. Receive ambassadors and other public ministers and basketball teams. Take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Oh. And commission all the officers of the United States. So nowhere does it say drone al-Qaeda, etc., etc. But they found a way around it. And this is why from, and I'm going to, you're going to hear this in the next 50 seconds from Jay Carney. From now on, we have to go back to calling this president George W. Obama because he is taking the war powers that he uh, was passed on to him uh, from the September 2001 uh, attacks by al-Qaeda, because now it's a war on al not a war against terror, war on al-Qaeda. He is using those uh, to drone anybody he feels like. Uh, he uh, also takes his responsibility in conducting the war against al-Qaeda. Oh, it's the, I, sorry, did we have a declaration against al-Qaeda? No. No, and didn't we kill al-Qaeda according to all these testimonies? Oh, by these no. Oh, officers no. It's a dead operation. No, 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 no. No, Panetta will tell us about that in a moment. As authorized by Congress uh, in a way that... Play attention to what he's saying. As authorized by Congress. He's, so he's twisting the, um, the constitutional right of Congress being the only body to declare war and saying... Uh, well, Congress uh, gave the okay, the go-ahead for the war against Al Qaeda by signing the uh, war power by assigning the president with the war powers after September two thousand one. It's fully consistent with our constitution and uh, all the applicable laws. Uh, you know, we have acknowledged the United States uh, that sometimes we use remotely piloted aircraft to conduct targeted strikes against specific Al Qaeda terrorists in order to prevent attacks on the United States and to save American lives. <laughs> <laughs> remember, this is, this is going to come down to imminence and to capture. These are the two big words that he's going to be start, start to explain. We conduct those strikes because they are necessary to mitigate ongoing actual threats, to stop plots, prevent future attacks, and again, save American lives. Save American lives. These strikes are legal. Uh, they are ethical and they are wise. They are wise. <laughs> so how many American lives were saved when they killed three Americans? <laughs> well, it's saved or created, I think. <laughs> That's a very good question. I like that. How many lives did you save when you killed uh, three Americans? <laughs> it's a wise decision. The U.S. government takes great care in deciding to pursue an al-Qaeda terrorist to ensure precision and to avoid loss of innocent life. Uh, this guy, General this guy cannot be uh, happy with having to spew this garbage. 
Now he, but well, he doesn't give a crap. He believes it, and he's got, he's no, got. The, I don't know. He doesn't sound normal. Well, it's, he's got fourteen more seconds. I'll make clear that in taking such a strike, the government must take into account all relevant constitutional considerations, but that under generations-old legal principles and Supreme Court decisions, U.S. citizenship alone does not make a leader of an enemy force immune from being targeted. So um, this was the interesting part, is they they literally have gone into generations-old legal language, and uh, this entire legality for uh, droning American citizens... Uh, is explained through law speak. Well, as you know, this is my favorite thing to do, is to understand uh, the words that lawyers are using, that they're very big and expensive words they usually charge $400 an hour for. So the the precedent for this has been taken from, and this was surprising to me, IHL, the International Humanitarian Law, uh, which right there says uh, that international law supersedes our own constitution, uh, the humanita- the international humanitarian law, also known as the law of armed conflict, um, com- uh, is comprised of the Geneva Conventions and the Hague Conventions and everything else that falls underneath them. So I, I, I guess, you know, since we adhere to the Geneva Convention, uh, we generally adhere to the entire international humanitarian law, and along with that comes some international human rights law. So, according to the White Paper, a U.S. citizen who is located outside the United States and is an operational leader continually planning, so continually planning, so if you're just in your head, I'm planning attacks against U.S. persona or interests. Now, this is very important. No one is picking up on this shit. Interests, okay, that does not mean the homeland. That means pipelines, that means any anything, uh, could, uh, uh, any other property of the United States. Cannot be lawfully killed unless inter alia, we know this word now, in, totali- in totality, an informed, high-level official of the U.S. government... <laughs> Find me that. That's a contradiction in terms. But an informed, high-level <laughs> official, which could be who? I mean, that could be Janet Napolitano. She's a high-level official. Yep. It could be. Uh, it could be Valerie Jarrett. It could, could be. It could it be Michelle be Obama. Anyway. It, could, <laughs> it could be Michelle Obama. A high-level well, of- official. Oh, okay. Well, neither is Valerie Jarrett in that case. Well, then. she, I think, does have a title. Mm, advisor. So an informed high-level official of the U.S. government has determined that the targeted individual poses an imminent threat of attack against the United States. So that's part one is the imminent imminent threat. This is a red herring. This is everyone's going after this. So the 16-year-old kid, maybe he was in the car driving over here to punch someone out. Well, it's funny you say that. Imminent uh, threat. Let's uh, let's take a, a short little detour here. You know the douchebag Touré? Yeah. You know the the music journalist who all of a sudden now has a show on MSNBC and he's Mister po- he's Mister Politics. Yeah. By, by the way, it's uh, very annoying to watch this guy. Listen, listen he's to so him. glib and smug. It's like, jeez. So he he gets schooled a little bit on the sixteen year old, but. This guy is told. I mean, he's he is your typical Obama bot, ready to k- 
kill anybody. But we are at war with al-Qaeda right now. And if you join al-Qaeda, you lose the right to be an American. You lose the right to due process. You declare yourself an enemy of this nation. And you're committing treason. And I don't see why we should expand wow. uh, American rights to people who want to kill Americans, who are working to kill oh, Americans, man, who are committing... Guy's... Wait, 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 oh, wow. wait, 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 it gets better. Treason. <laughs> this is not criticizing the United States. This is going to war what against about, the United States. What about the 16-year-old that was killed? Mm-hmm. What do you mean, what about the 16-year-old? Who was also an American citizen. 16-year-old who was an American citizen born in Denver Where to, who was killed by one of these one of these authorized drone attacks. Where to, I mean, we've said that and we've criticized that. He's not that talking about civilian yeah, casualties. Yeah, we're not talking about civilian casualties. We have no, no, this is, the son, this is the son of, of Al-Waki. Al- See, he doesn't even know about the son of Al-Waki. Wow, that's, are you kidding that's such me? An he's idiot. that dumb? Oh, yeah. The decision was made that he should die. We, we, if we have people who are working against America, then they need to die because they are plotting <laughs> to kill. They need to die. What, are they going to shoot Putin? <laughs> yeah, of course. Kill Americans. And if we don't yeah. protect Americans, but based on we're not evidence, doing right? what this we're is not the doing problem. The, well, and look, I, where's and I, the evidence? And I think the thing here is, I mean, this is such a complicated issue. It's easy to have a black and white view of it. It is one that definitely falls in those areas. It's not. She's like, it's, it's not. It's not. It's a gray area. It's you know, it's like, this isn't, you know, it's like killing people. It's a great right. area. Yeah. And no, we will have no leg to stand on when this technology, and when, it's not if, when this technology is turned and used on us or our allies. We yeah. will have no leg to stand on, legal or otherwise, no, that's if not we true. don't codify no, that's not any true. of And that's not true at all. Al-Qaeda attacked true. this nation. We are attacking Al-Qaeda back. A there is no... Turing is a total idiot. All right. So no, he's a major douchebag. Yeah. Uh, hey, why don't you give him the douchebag? Douche I did, right there. Thank you. So everyone is talking about this imminent thing. This is a, they didn't even have to put that in there. I think they put the word imminent in there just to have the the press run circles around it and distract everybody from what's really going on here. Well, there was two things I noticed. One, to, besides that distraction, but early when they brought out, when Carney first came out and started his spiel. Mm-hmm. He he specifically mentioned the document, but his actual phrase was the document, an unclassified document. Yes, I have a clip on that, actually. And he made a big deal. I mean, he, he actually he called out the fact that this was an unclassified document. Yes. So there had to be some reason for that, or he wouldn't have made a point of it. Well, uh, because it was leaked. Uh, I mean, here's I think this, this clip actually explains it. National security. I'm sorry? Is the release of this memo a threat to national security? Which memo? The drone. Uh, the, the, <laughs> switching topics. Um, <laughs> I mean, sorry, the release of the DOJ white paper. I don't know what might be. Uh, I, 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 no. No. No, it was provided. It's an unclassified yeah, document. So you don't consider, even though it was unclassified, the fact that it's out there. Is it wasn't did you hear what he just said? It was unclassified. No. Did you hear what he almost said? No. What did he almost say? What did I miss? It was provided. Oh, Jesus. Let me listen again. By document. So you don't consider, even though it was unclassified, the fact that it's out there. Is it wasn't designed for public release, but it's an unclassified document. No, no, you oh, missed I, it. I, no, I'll, go back. I'll, be, I'll go back. I'll go back. Hold on. Uh, the, the, switching topics. Um, <laughs> I mean, sorry, the release of the DOJ white paper. I don't know what my... Uh, I, 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 no. No. No, it was provided. It's an unclassified <laughs> document. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was provided. Well, they they did provide it. I mean, it was provided to members of Congress. Uh, but of course, you know, the whole idea was to provide it uh, out into to the NBC. open. Yeah. 
But it's not new. The whole, I mean, and as an end of show clip, I'm happy to play the five minutes of Holder almost reading this document. I mean, is literally reading it. But I, I just like to explain the legal context. The reason why um, we can do this is because we are in a so-called NIAC. And this is this is the key uh, the key phrase that, uh, according to international humanitarian law, which stands for a non-international armed conflict. And, and when it comes down to that, the military may constitutionally use force against a U.S. citizen who is part of enemy forces. Um, and this is... Um, uh, hold on a second. <laughs> I don't even think Alaki was part of any enemy force. He was just a standalone. Uh... Well, but but this this goes back to uh, George W. Bush when the government can determine who is belligerent. Remember that a, a, a combat combatant, enemy combatant. If you're belligerent, then you're an enemy yeah, combatant. Alaki. Uh, well, let's start, start with the top. I mean, the 16 year old kid is the more obvious example. But even looking at Alaki, did he, was he ever shooting at anybody? No, all he was doing was bitching and moaning. Um, you only have to be planning. He wasn't planning anything. He was you bitching and moaning. No, That's you, all he did. No, no. What was he planning? He wasn't part of a group that was planning. You he wasn't a strategist. No, hold on a second. He wasn't an John, a, 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 John. a violent person. He all he was doing was complaining, and he was calling us out as a bunch of douchebags, and he think, thought everyone should rise up. But he wasn't doing anything about it. He was just talking. He was just essentially yakking. Well, you are going to be the one designated to read my eulogy. <laughs> all, all Adam was doing was yakking. yakking. I was just all yakking. He was doing. I was just yakking, man. That's all I was doing. Uh it is not well, necessary. I mean, this whole thing is bad. Uh, but uh, and if and if, and the, this whole. It's 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 terrible, and and the, and the fact that the media is uh, generally and the guys like Torre are defending the practice. I've I've talked to people in the you know just normal people that you maybe see at lunch or you might run into it somewhere, and they're all in on this. Oh, I mean, they're oh, all, oh, all oh, in. Oh, as in oh, all listen, I'm in. Oh, I'm listen, in. this oh. is great. We're getting rid of these people. It makes it easy. Why should we? They've been watching too much television. Television is essentially about vigilanteism. You cop, you know. I, I know you're not. You, the trial is going to cost too much, or they shoot the guy. And everybody who watches goes, "Yay, that's great!" All the money we're wasting on these trials with these douchebags, and many of them get off. We can't have that. No. Just shoot him. Yeah, in fact, CNN agrees. The White House is feeling fine about this. I mean, Brennan's uh, fight will be about policy. It is their policy. It is not about Brennan's qualifications. And they believe that the public is with them on the use of drones. And if you look at polls, two-thirds of the American public heartily approve of the use of drones, wow. even if the left wing of the Democratic Party doesn't. So, Wolf, I think, I think the White House feels uh, very secure about Brennan. The president's very close to Brennan. Yeah, in, in fact, I think Americans think it's cool. I, I, mean, I really believe most Americans see that as kind of like a, an extension of, you know, of uh, uh, of our Starfleet. You know, it's the they love the West. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, I'll, I'm going I'm to hand it to. Um, I don't know which journalist this was, but one journalist really did just get in Carney's face, and I liked what he said. Of course. You know, he got 
told to shut up. The president obviously strongly opposed the enhanced interrogation techniques, so-called, uh, in the Bush administration. He ended them. How is dropping... How does dropping a bomb on an American citizen without any judicial review, any trial, not raise the very human rights questions or more human rights questions than something like waterboarding? So then there's this whole legal argument about why it actually does conform to international human rights. And this is what I've been warning about for years on this show. Don't let some douchebags at the United Nations tell you what your human rights are because they put all this little stuff in there. And it's like, well, you know, if you're actually a combatant and you're belligerent and you're yakking it up and you're talking crap and smack, you know, then maybe you give up your human rights. And this is exactly the legal um, path that they have taken. But all of this um, is to obfuscate two things. One, this is about killing. It's now coming to drones, John. And it's like it's about drone this and drone that. And the whole debate is about drones. And we'll have hearings. And we've got Virginia already writing laws against drones. And you know every state's going to have their drone laws. But it's it doesn't really matter. You can go in with a sniper team and kill somebody. You can uh, kill someone with a, a death ray from uh, a satellite. Then, you know, we're being focused on the drones, and I think drones is actually a very inferior technology to kill people. How about the CSS? You know, those guys can go around and kill people. You, you know, I go visit Amsterdam. Oh, oh, well, you're no longer in America. Oh, you're yakking it up over there. So you can get killed any anyway. Don't don't let the drone thing get too much in your face. But what is not being discussed in all of this is an equally damning document that is hidden and secret about President Obama's uh, powers for a cyber war. And the and the New York Times did write an article about this, but no one is asking questions. And I'm going to tell you right now: in the next three months, we will have a huge cyber attack. And the president has um, assigned to himself preemptive strike powers. Um, he, uh, let me see, uh, can um, uh, go into any country's networks. Um, the, the, the Times article talks about the power of uh, his weaponry, our weaponry, our cyber power, equal to nuclear weapons. Uh, that we can, you know, do whatever we want, essentially. But the president, the president personally, will be the one responsible for uh, calling the shots on any type of cyber warfare. No one's talking about that. So, you know, there's a lot you can do with your cyber powers over uh, over what you can do with the drone. And I think that this is just, I really believe it's a distraction. Could be. It's a funny one. No doubt about that. Um, uh, the other one, you know, it'll be uh, probably, yeah, I think you might be right. There's some, there'll be some phony baloney uh, cyber attack yeah. on the, right. on us you, from, you uh, want, it'll be Iran that does it, of course. You want to just there hear, was some, um, what was the news? There was a news item this week that, oh yeah, no, the what? Bulgarian thing. You know, so Bulgaria just releases this huge report. I don't know how much it was covered in this country, but it was all over the international news. There was a bus bombing. An Israeli bus was bombed in Bulgaria yeah. in uh, June or July. Half a year ago, yeah. 
And so they finally finished their investigation and <laughs> oh, determined. Yeah. The Palestinians did it. Let me guess. No, Hezbollah. <laughs> well, yes, I'm sorry. Hezbollah. Exactly. Hezbollah. Yeah, the, he- but there was an, apparently an Australian <laughs> and a Canadian passport involved. Yes. Hezbollah in the Bulgarian uh, peninsula. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like so it's just, it was like, okay, let's turn their attention back to Iran uh somehow and then we also now we have to deal with well maybe we should re- relook over these dual nationals because the Canadian, which is the Canadian news, if you watch that, they're all they were all preoccupied with the fact that this guy was Canadian and they said, Well, he doesn't really live in Canada. He lived in Lebanon. He was a dual national Lebanese Canadian. Mm. And uh it just this whole thing looks like a great scripted plot that it's, they're very slowly putting. Together. It's interesting you bring up the dual national thing because I've been following. Um, uh, well, you know, I follow as much as I can. Obviously, I, I, and and so it hurts to, to read some stuff, you know. And sometimes you're afraid about something you're going to read, but then it turns out to be okay. Like you know, the Unabomber's manifesto. You know, that was like I was like ah. Oh. But it turns out you know the guy wasn't all that crazy. I mean, it's crazy to kill people that like that, but he had some valid points. Um, so I've been reading and following a couple blogs, and they are specifically um, calling for legislation to prohibit dual nationals in the United States Congress, specifically Israeli U.S. nationals. And they're saying, and this is a very anti-Jew thing, they're saying, ah, oh, well, if you look at all the people who are uh, against the guns, it's all the Jews, and they're saying that you know these people have dual citizenship and that shouldn't be allowed. There's a, there's a lot what of this going. Jews are against the guns. Oh wow! I mean, they're all Jewish. Schumer, <laughs> come on! Jewish. Oh, hold on. Let's just Google this. Let's consult the Book of Knowledge and look at some anti-Jew stuff. I'll just do Jews against guns. Well, there definitely is really Jews aren't against guns. No, I'm 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 just telling you what what people are writing about. Uh, who's okay? So who's the woman from California? Feinstein. Okay. Who, who's the uh, the senator from New York? Uh, Schumer. Schumer. All right. I, I, I got to find this this website. It was like it's like some Christian. Uh, Christian. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's an anti-Jew guy. I'm telling you. Jews against see. guns. <laughs> Jews. I'm just gonna go Jews. straight to the source. Jews against guns. Now it was uh, it was like why are American dual... Jews so anti-gun? Says forward.com. There you go. Jewel overwhelmingly in favor of gun bans. Says who? Here's another one. JPFO.org. Jews for the preservation of firearms ownership. <laughs> Bachman. Okay, there's another one. <laughs> Bachman Turner Overdrive. Uh, I can't. Christian. I wish I could find this really quickly, but I can't. It's it's, it's just something I've been following. Ra- Rabbi Dovid Bendori's thinking we need more guns. Lieberman. Kill us. All right, listen, you, listen, way, listen, no, you know, listen, Lieberman. Here's one. Is Bloomberg. One? They got a picture of the. Come on, come on. Uh, you know, the the Jude <laughs> thing that the Nazis took the guns away from the Jews, and there's like you know new strategy to abolish gun control. Watch the film. This is you know Michelle Obama, site. another Jew. But there it is, Brother Nathaniel. Thank you very much, dude. That's what I was looking for. Oh, you got to listen to this guy, Brother. This is guy's funny, Nathaniel. That's the guy. He does like the video podcast. 
It's very Jews for the preservation of firearms ownership. America's most aggressive defender of firearms ownership. This is just a smear campaign against yes. the Jews. Well, yes. that's new. Yes, exactly. But um, look, it, it, like the like the Hezbollah thing isn't a smear campaign. That's why I'm well, bringing it up. It came. I don't know how it took six months to figure out that this Canadian and this Australian <laughs> were somehow Hezbollah. <laughs> well, they had to. They had to get their to get the memo. <laughs> you got to look at this brother Nathaniel. The guy's funny. Okay, where is this guy, brother Nathaniel? Uh, brother, just Google brother Nathaniel. I uh, E L. Yeah, uh, I just I wish I could just find brother, one of you. The brother Nathaniel Foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or is oh, this crazy looking guy with a big beard? <laughs> Why don't Jews believe in Jesus? Isn't he the promised Messiah, as foretold by the prophets in the Old Testament? I love his outfit. He's got the a badass outfit on his his uniform with the hat and. The this guy's a this guy is a joke. He's a, he's a, I, there's one picture of him with the with the that looks like a, a red star from the, or maybe that was photoshopped on. No, no, he's but, he's got the red cross on his on his on his. Uh, oh, it's a red cross. Yeah, a on cross his, on his on his, on his hat. Cross on his hat. He's got a great hat. No, this guy. I mean, this this pose here of Brother Nathaniel's Jewish humor. Yeah. No, this this guy's a comedian. <laughs> he's like Borat against the Jews. Videos. Yeah, but why don't I only find you the uh, brother Nathaniel's Jewish humor? <laughs> He's a total anti-Semite. Literally so an anti-Semite. An anti-Semite doing comedy? No, he he's oh, he's talking about the guns thing. Was this is where this is where I got in here? Jews lead gun control. Here we go. Listen to this. Here is this. People believe this. The Times of Israel recently published an article titled. Jewish politicians lead chorus calling for tighter gun laws. The article caught my eye for having grown up in Judaism. We Jews always felt entirely estranged from the gun culture of the Gentiles. In other words, Jews don't hunt. Jews don't go to gun shows. Fact is, Jews have always felt an abiding hostility toward the goys with their guns. Fact! But once Israel began... Goys with their guns. Write it down, John. Yes, possible. Awing the world with its military prowess and victories at war in enthusiasm for all nah, kinds it's, of it's, assault. It's too long. But then if you, if you watch it, then he, he goes into, like, oh, look at the Jews who are leading the, the, the gun ban. That's what that's a, look, I'm just reporting on it. You won't get this, this, co- this, get this, this anywhere. conversation anywhere. Anywhere can anyone have this conversation. Because immediately, sponsors would be pulling out. We'd be thrown off the air. Oh, my God, they had a conversation about anti-Semitism. Ooh! Which is uh, why we are known as the best podcast. <laughs> Sorry, it took a moment to <laughs> demire. Yeah, it, it's, it has been underutilized. I got the spreadsheet, so uh, why don't I say to you, um, in the morning, John C. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curry, and in the morning, all ships and sea boots on the ground, feet in the air, subs in the water, and all the knights and dames out there. That's right. And we'd also like to say the same to all of our human resources in the chat room, noagendachat.net, noagendastream.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Keeping them honest. And uh, I also want to thank our all of our artists who always help out. Nick the Rat. Uh, did the artwork for episode 484 and uh, very happy. Uh, NoAgendaArtGenerator.com is where uh, you can see all of the artwork 
uh, as submitted by our No Agenda artists. And I, I think that we're still having a problem with the new artists signing up. I mean, I, is Paul Couture, is is he just not, like not doing anything anymore? Is he just refusing? I don't know what the problem is. He doesn't want. He's everyone's tried to contact. No, somebody said they contact him. He says he'll look into it, and that was a month ago. So, well, that sucks because this is an important resource. And I don't know why this would fail out of out of the blue. Well, people aren't receiving their sign up email or something like that. That's, that's oh, the problem. it could be something like that. Yeah, that would cause a problem. But it, but it sucks because you know it's hurting the show, and you know if then well, why we why don't we just we don't have a lot of art there? But you're right. We need new artists always need to be cycled through. Yeah, but then why don't we just start a new generator or something? Oh. Yeah, well I can't just, help. Just it. get a hold of Couture, somebody, please. <laughs> I don't want to write the code over. <laughs> John, I hated it when we had to do this thing in Ruby, and that was all your idea. So we do have uh, two executive producers and four associate executives that we'd like to uh, thank. It's starting with the $500 from uh, William Bauman who, uh, from Port Huma 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 in California. Um, I know you cannot pronounce either my name or where I live. Let me look at that again. Port... <laughs> Port humongous. So don't bother. Sir Bill will more than suffice. My $500 contribution to the best podcast in the universe will complete my knighthood. Several months ago, the show granted my request for consulting karma. And wow, not only did my associates get some new leads, I got a good gig with some legs. All right. All right. I'm sharing my good fortune with the show. Please send all the family and friends a good shot of health karma. Several of them need it pretty bad because of my new gig, a chief prospect leaving the Democratic People's Republic of California is back on track and progressively progressing smoothly. Talk about life in Austin and Washington State as much as you possibly can. I'm narrowing my search to Nevada. Okay, stop. Arizona, wait, 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 Florida, or Texas. I just did this, okay? We did this a little over a year ago. Nevada. Okay, let's start with Nevada. What about it? You don't want to live there, okay? You Tahoe, maybe if you're old, you know. But the it's it's crappy, you know. Just no, you don't want to live in Nevada. We looked outside of Vegas; it's really depressing. It's like living in a kitty litter box. Arizona, That's right. you did go explore. Yeah, we did the, all yeah, this. You were yeah. actually seriously thinking of moving to Vegas. We 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 looked at houses. Uh, Arizona, um, it's kind of like Texas. Without the hot chicks, so I'm going to say no. A lot of retirees in Arizona. Yes, uh, Washington. In fact, when you fly to Arizona, you've never seen anything quite like. You fly, take a Southwest flight to Arizona, you get off the plane, especially you try to sit in the front, and there are literally dozens and dozens of wheelchairs yeah. lined up around the exit runway thing. So I it's mean, just hundreds of them. So it's like Vegas without uh, gambling. It worse anyway. <laughs> All right, Washington. Now Washington State. Um, I personally, and I'll, I, I'd love to hear no your opinion. No state income tax. Uh, no state income tax, but very wet. It's not as wet as you think. It's, it's just, wet. It's gray. It, it's, it's too gray. It's a gray, wet state. Yeah. So, no. okay, so let's go. Uh, no. Then we have Florida. Florida is, you want, you want to talk about. This, Florida has two, just, one thing. Just, when you get off the just, plane in Florida, just you Florida. also have these lines of <laughs> wheelchairs. <laughs> Unless now, you have a wheelchair. It's, you know, so now, I think, a couple of things about Florida you should note. Yes. Florida uh, has no state income tax. And if you something happens, you go bankrupt or any horrible thing happens to you financially, they cannot take your house away. Oh, really? Yeah, it's one of the oh, that's only cool. state that 
that will not let them take your house away. So you you have a play. So if you have this huge mansion and you and you go broke, you're you're living in the mansion. I have you, a feeling Texas gotta, is that way too. I'm not sure. I think I don't think it's like Florida. Florida is where all the uh, uh, scammers go. Right, but Florida is. Uh, is yeah, but by the way, the good news about Florida: better, probably better looking women than Texas. This is, mm, but most of them are strippers. Yeah, uh, which is a good thing. Yeah. So you're confusing me, John. I, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, Florida to me is like okay, uh, definitely a plus for the strippers. I think that's very good. Uh, definitely a plus on the no state income tax. Um, the, the high, high, high level of douchebags in Florida. High, the highest possibly level. Particularly in Miami. It's just wall-to-wall douchebags. So, in fact, we had uh, Jamaican in Austin uh, came by the house yesterday. He used to be the Jamaican in New York. Now he's the Jamaican in Austin. Miss Mickey was taking photographs of him. And he uh, lived in Miami for uh, 15 years. And and he was telling me, man, that is just douchebag heaven. So he says, stay away from, uh, from, uh, from Miami, thus Florida. Uh, so I'm saying and, no. And you want, but well, Florida is really more like six or seven distinct areas that are different than each other. Because they're, they're like Clearwater is all the Scientologists, uh, and you and you have douchebags on steroids, literally in South Beach, which yeah. is part of Miami, but it's yeah. not really. Yeah. Uh, it, it, but if you get up to Tallahassee or those areas up by the Panhandle, apparently it's quite nice. It's more like Louisiana. I'm going to say no to uh, Florida, well, which leaves us, which leaves us with Texas. Yeah, move to Texas and ra- r- r- make those property rates go up, so Adam has to pay more rent. <laughs> yeah. really no, great. I'm locked in for two, for two years. I'm locked in. She can't. My, our new landlord can't do anything for two years. So yeah. uh, so we're good. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So that we have. That's what we got. With that, there's our our uh, rundown of. You know, try North Carolina. That's a pretty interesting and, and place. And w- Colorado, I think there is something no, to say no. about Colorado. No, no. Buzz, buzz it. Hit uh, it. Hit uh, the buzz. Sh- why? I'm not gonna, I have friends in Colorado. I'm not going to hit the buzzer. On. I mean, hit the buzz. It's, it's all, it's radioactive. The whole state's radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Colorado. You're out. <laughs> We're so sorry. Colorado is hereby off the list. <laughs> There's a lot of states we could talk about. I think pretty much the Hot Pockets Tour 2009 and pretty much all off the list. I mean, <laughs> we went to Kansas, uh, Utah. Anyway, thank you, uh, Bill. Uh, you shall be knighted Sir today. Bill, Sir eventually. Bill. Well, he's not Sir Bill yet. He will be later nice. on. Nice. Okay, onward. Lynn Fogwell talking about North Carolina. Oh, wait, wait, wait. First, we have to give him some karma. Give him oh, the karma. You can't forget the karma. Sorry, You've Bill. got karma. By the way, so, by uh, the way, just one, one. I'm sorry, Don. A lot of people, Mickey's came up with this as well. Are talking about Costa Rica all of a sudden? Oh, this is what old ladies talk about. What? Is, I mean, it was like Costa Rica. My yeah, we'll go to been Costa dead Rica. For Ten years. <laughs> she went to Costa Rica constantly, and apparently, it's an old folks. I mean, this is where if you, it's just uh, it just bothers me because it's Costa Rica. I haven't been there. <laughs> But I, w- I, I'm gonna go. I should go check it out because everyone keeps talking about it. it's really pretty and it's right. designed for Americans. It's kind of like Florida. It's probably only they got, you know, all kinds of bugs you've never heard of. Um, I don't know. Right. Well, so you, so you're just saying this based on your dead mother-in-law, not on any fact. You've done any fact checking? Well, she talked about it. <laughs> yeah, ten years ago. 
Well, Maybe it got same. really it's, good. It's been this way for a long time. It's people. It, it comes around and go, comes around, and goes around, and so people talk about take a trip. You have got Mickey there. You're, it's a closer trip for you than it is for me. Just jump on a little puddle jumper. You'll be there in two hours. I'm going to look at some pictures of Costa Rica right now. And well, while you're doing that, I'm going to thank Lynn Fogwell, who's in Raleigh, North Carolina. It says on PayPal, but not really. She's she. I'm could be a guy. Could be a woman. Hey, if you live in a hut in Costa Rica, then it's rocking. One of those huts on the Greetings beach. from Shanghai, China. Hey. This place sucks. <laughs> I request one jingle vomit. Dealer's choice. What's a jingle vomit? Oh, jingle vomit. Um, I know how to do that. This is where, where basically the jingles just vomit out of my uh, machine. Oh, you just punch a bunch of buttons. Yeah, just, yeah exactly. Uh, but Lynn, uh, and Lynn, uh, I have a feeling, is Lynn not a dude? I don't know. Yeah, how, there was an email about this. Dude, dude, chick. Well, we have to know. Had a be- good laugh after hearing Adam do this a couple of weeks ago. Love your work. Fog we, well. We have to know because there's a knighting or a damehood. It's kind of important. You know what I'm saying? Well, you want to put it off? No. I mean, I'm looking. I'm seeing if there's an email about this. This is, this is annoying. This is not good. Plus, uh, Gil Jr. knows he could come running in. All right. So anyway, Lynn uh, is the sole Club 485 member on today's show. Very important to point out. Oh, yes, yeah, 485. So nice. I'm going to do a little uh, a little uh, jingle vomit for uh, a China jingle vomit. There you go. You've got karma. Works for me. I would guess, based on uh, the style of donation... That it would be a, a male because for it, no, I don't think a woman has ever joined one of these clubs named after the show number. Really? I'm pretty sure of it. That is, that would be very surprising. Hmm. I don't think women I just go rem- for that kind of gimmick. I just remember somewhere. Anyway, onward. <sighs> Vincent James in Decatur, Alabama. We cannot find any email from uh, Vincent. He came in with 228.23, so he'll be an associate executive producer. Then our old friend Dame Astrid. Oh, no. Uh, came in at 222.22, and <laughs> she says 222.22. Why? Because it takes two to tango, and you two are simply the best. Oh. And maybe 22.2 is coming up. Love how John lately puts his foot in it deep. And then so obviously does not even take the trouble to gloss over it. Quite endearing. <laughs> Life would not be so... I don't know what she's talking about. Life <laughs> would be so sad without you two. You know, Dame Astrid, and uh, of course uh, she uh, is uh, part of the uh, architectural duo known as uh, Dame Astrid and Sir Mark uh, over there in uh, Gitmo Nation uh, Sushi. So they sent... She sent Miss Mickey a, a bag um, as, a, as a gift. And the bag has an imprint of a 9mm on the outside. <laughs> so have you ever seen these bags? They're, no, du- they're no. Dutch bags. Um, yeah, let me see. Uh, uh, Dutch gun handbag. I think that's... Uh, and then you look at the images... Um, it's great. Uh, yeah, Google. <laughs> this is it. Google Dutch gun handbag. It's the top. Uh, it's the top images. This is literally what the bag she sent Miss Mickey for her next trip uh, through the TS <laughs> through the TSA. 
<laughs> so, that is a great bang. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's more than a little image. It's like a. It's, it's impre- a, yeah. embossed. It looks just like yeah. a gun. It is. It is embossed. It's very funny. And now, does uh, she get the black one? Uh, she got a, some other ones that have a gold no, gun no, she, no, not the gold one. She got a really beautiful kind of like high end one uh, that's that's pink. I don't, I don't know if it's on here. So it, what it looks like, uh, if it's not all the bags, but one of the bags looks like it's the gun is actually. In the bag, yeah. kind of <laughs> yeah. sticking out of the bag. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> Isn't it great? That's funny. That would be great to go through TSA with We're that. gonna. We're going uh, to... Uh, <laughs> you know, they'll confiscate the bag. We'll see. We're going no, to... No, I know uh, they will. We're going to see. We're I'll gonna, tell you why. Why? Because it's a uh, it's threat. provocative. It's a threat. Uh, it, it's the outline of a gun. Uh, they won't let you take a water gun through. So why would they let you get take this through? It's not a gun. There's no gun in it. The water gun's not a gun. Yeah, but it's a, it's an object. You can't even. There's nothing to hold. It's just it's, it's a, kind of an it's object. a design. Looks like an object looks like there's a gun in it's there. It's a design. You will be pulled aside. The gun will be the, the bag will be confiscated, and then they'll let you go on your way. Oh man! I guarantee it. I don't. I mean, you know, I can't. I can't speak for Mickey. I don't know if she wants to risk, you know, losing the bag. She will lose the bag. Absolute guarantee. <laughs> Let's not do it then. Well, I have a, a good example of this kind of thing. Is that we do have a clip of uh, you know we had that Amtrak clip the other day. Yeah, where um, uh, of yeah, uh, just, shut up, slave! The, don't approach the dog. Uh, got one from uh, Emeryville. Amtrak. Got one from Emeryville. Pl- same same thing. Play it. Play it. This is a message from Amtrak. Keep your luggage with you. This is this real? This is is this Just real? Play it. Don't At step all on. times. Today, Viper team specialists from Homeland Security will be aboard this California Daylight Express train to Sacramento. They will be conducting a test of passenger obedience. <laughs> this is only a test, but you are required to obey all orders and may be frisked, patted down, strip searched, x-rayed, or tasered as part of this terrorist drill. Do not ask questions, just do as you are told. All women on board this train will be obliged to suck the cock of any Viper team officer if so requested. Men may have to submit to buggery. Welcome to Amtrak. Have a safe journey. All right, you got me. Just now, I was like, "Well, this is really bad." The echoes, no, the echoes off. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> who did that? <laughs> Just showed up. <laughs> and seriously, I was like, "Well, this is like, it's not funny, you know, because it just it wasn't right." But then, then, the, then it got a, it took a turn for the good. Very good. And thank you, Dame Astrid, for your $222.22 contribution to the program, the best podcast in the universe, as evidenced by our actual recording uh, at an Amtrak station. DuneBuggyGolfCars.com came in. Hey, he did it. Wichita, Kansas. Our first multi-cart order of dune buggy golf carts has been shipped to our customer in Saudi Arabia. Awesome, which is exactly the market. That's so cool. <laughs> uh, we've been paid in full, and here's a small donation from the uh, sale, $200.33. 
The donation will be from Dune Buggy Golf Carts. And uh, I love the value for value model. Keep up the great work. Uh, John Dunn at Dune Buggy Golf Carts. And you can find him at DuneBuggyGolfCarts.com. And all you Saudis listening to the show, you can get one of these things. They're cool. Joel Zimmerman in Talent, Oregon. $213. Dear Rocky and Bullwinkle, best of show to you both. The girls of the Emerald Triangle are coming after you soon. Washington is wonderful, except they don't have enough weed. Oh, there you go. Well, An- another reason Joel. not to move to Washington. Not enough weed. And to grow it. It's legal. Yeah, you know, well, first of all, thank you very much, uh, to our executive producers and our associate executive producers. It's always nice to see. We have two new nights today. This is great. Hopefully, uh, we'll find out if Lynn, I have a feeling that Lynn is a dude. So, uh, uh, Buzzkill, is Buzzkill Jr. around? I don't see him uh, in the back channel. He's not. I don't know. Okay. Well, we, it would be nice to know before the uh, ceremony. I don't know if he's going to be able to figure <laughs> it out unless he could email him or something. I, I, I think there's an email. Anyway. Yeah. Well, let me whistle for him. Yeah, do that. I love it when As you, you continue. That. Yeah, I love it when you do that. Where's the whistle? Gotta get to the door. <laughs> there we go. That is how you summon your kid, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Um, so uh, we have a show uh, coming up on Sunday. Uh, Sunday is going to be um, another jam-packed episode where we look away from all the distraction and drill down into the two, not just one, but we have two huge C-SPAN events that we're watching today. <clears throat> we have Panetta and Dempsey, which is taking place as we speak. Then at 2 o'clock Eastern, we have the confirmation hearing of uh, John O. Brennan, uh, and he will become the uh, the douche of the CIA. Um, they're going to uh, run him through the system. So there'll be lots of distractive talk about drones. Hey, hey. And yeah, isn't Brennan the guy who they gave the ruling? Uh, they gave him uh, Iraq to kind of run, and he ran it into the ground and kind of screwed up no, the whole thing. No, no, no. You you confuse the other guy. No, it was not Brennan. Okay. No, it was the. I know who you're talking about. It was, uh, he had a name like the Allen, no, um, uh, the Provisional Authority dude. Um, Provisional Authority Leader Iraq. What the hell was that guy's name? Bremer. Bremer. Paul Bremer. That's that's who led that. So it's not Brennan, that was Bremer. So what did Brennan ever do? He was with the Bush. He, the whole tour. What does Barack Obama? (laughs) What does he do? (laughs) What does he do, actually? What does he do? No, what is. So Brennan was with the Bush administration? Yeah, he he was part of it. Why why doesn't the Democrats have their own people? Hello, George W. Obama. We've got to keep this in. This This is very important. This is if you want to wake people up, okay? And there was, oh, we got to wake, we got to save the world, wake people up. There's only one thing you have to do. Just refer to the president as George W. Obama because it it immediately jars the Obama bots uh, circuitry. Like, oh, what? 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 I can't handle. I can't handle what you're saying. Overload. 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 And it okay. is the truth. Uh, so, uh, Buzzkill Junior, uh, I could have probably done this too. Found him on LinkedIn. It's a guy. <laughs> okay, found him on LinkedIn. So, by the way, which it continues my point that only men will donate show numbers. Interesting. Hmm. 
I you know you you may be correct. Yeah, you may be correct. So please, um, uh, so so there's going to be a lot of work between now and Sunday. Uh, tons of it. it. Just you know, oh, and these confirmation hearings are annoying. But we have to. You, you you have to let. You have to really pay attention to everything. Just like you know, even it's just not just one guy. John has to do it because you know, like you caught the uh, provided to you uh, bit that Carney said. You don't always catch it the first time. No, so you only catch it, and you catch it. It's weird to catch these little gaffes. It is. It because is because you can't catch them when you're watching. We've proven this. You can't catch them when you're watching no. them on video. And this uh, this comes from a couple, two, three years ago when Adam observed that the acting on TV is dreadful if you just listen to the acting. Yeah. But when they're when you see the acting, it's it's you know it seems to be okay until you listen to it because <laughs> you're looking at boobs and yeah, you know, like, uh, hey, she's a really great actress. In fact, well, <laughs> after we, we're done with this, I got do have a clip that kind of. Well, let, that let point. me let me just uh, do a little uh, um, Jedi mind programming. Dvorak.org slash n a. Of course, you can always help us in one very significant way. Propagate the formula. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. Citizen. That is right, and all of those credits are official credits, uh, meaning that uh, if anyone questions, if you were an executive producer of the best podcast in the universe, we will vouch for you personally. Personally. And I'd like to thank uh, the guys over at iTunes, at Apple, for, you know, I bitch about Apple uh, easily. Uh, do, you, do you know that we disappeared from iTunes entirely, John? Why did that happen? Well, uh, some, something happened on their back end, it seems. That's what it seemed like at first. This is, this is like a double whammy story. Because, you know, we were disappearing. We, we weren't showing up in iTunes anywhere pretty much right after um, Sunday's show. You could search and be like, no, no, no agenda. And I, you know, so first of all, it was a great opportunity for, to teach everyone how to subscribe to our feed and not be beholden to something in the middle. So that was that was kind of good, but it's you know that's if you want a PR opportunity. I mean, if you're not on iTunes, you don't exist. I mean, it's, I hate to say it, but that's the power, right? Unfortunately, yes. So I email uh, Brian over there at the iTunes, uh, the podcast department, and I say, "Yo, dude!" And he got back to me. He says, "Oh, it looks like something happened on our back end. We're very sorry. We'll fix it." We came back. This is, the show comes back, and then, uh, like a day later, he says, "You know, um, I found out what happened. It wasn't actually um, Apple's fault." You ready for this one? This is crazy. Apparently, somehow at Mevio, they have the power to hide shows through their iTunes Store interface, and someone was doing some spring cleaning. And just hid a hid a whole bunch of shows, including us. Hid them. Hmm. Well, I thought we were going through uh, the, our other connection instead of Mevio. Well, that's the whole that that was the, that was basically what I said. I said, but this we're disassociated. This this is not possible. And that is now what they're working on. Like, yeah, we got to change this. We can't have anyone just randomly hiding shows, you know, without like you know, unless it's the owner of the show. So it was it was kind of oh, frightening. Oh, well, good. Well, it fixed the, it's a policy issue. Yes. But anyway, 
I appreciate the fact that they uh, looked so into it. So who at Mevio I don't did know. this to I, you? Well, I don't know. I don't know. You should find out. Yeah. Well, I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out. Uh, it's not. By the way, it didn't just do it to me. What is that supposed to mean? Well, did they know about the show? <laughs> yeah. They're, They're did not it. going down to listen going, what's this show? Oh, screw well, that. With Adam Curry, one of our board members. Oh, screw, screw it. <laughs> Let's get rid of that. <laughs> I am supposed to remind you about the newsletter. Yes, the newsletter. We did a newsletter, and in it we have a couple of charts, actually one. But there's two, there's a second one, which is we're doing the next newsletter, which is the shows the very distinct uh, – shows you when the government starts lying to you. And I recommend people go to this site and start looking at the charts there, which is Shadow Stats. It's out of San Francisco. And what he's done is he's taken in the newsletter, we have one of the charts for inflation, and it very clearly shows you that the government shows two things. One, inflation is 10% according to old classic calculations. So, so let me just add to this, that when you when you look at this chart, like we've discussed on the program before, the lines uh, diverge, and there's a huge difference between the red line, which is what the United States government says is truth, and between uh, the blue line, which is what shadow stats says it's tr- is truth. Interestingly, the the two lines, once they diverge out away from each other, are pretty much um, mirror image. I mean, they're in unison. They're just separated by, what, 10% at least? Well, well, with a 10% inflation rate, it's not going to be separated by more than 10%. Okay, but, okay, so well, it's separated by 5% then, whatever it is. I have, I have, well, I, I, have I think it would, I don't have the thing in front of me right now. Let me look at it. Yeah. it's a, It looks as if they, they claim that there is... Um, Three percent, two or two percent, some really low inflation, and then the reality is apparently it's ten percent. Which is, if people know what the deal is, I mean, look at the price of gasoline. That's been kind of taken out of the government equation. Oh my god! But while you're on that, it went up twenty cents in two weeks. Have yeah. you seen this? Yeah. What happened? Uh, I think sent, I, I think says, I know. Actually. Can we gouge them a little more? You know, you know what happened. Um, remember before the election, the prices went down dramatically because, of course, we needed to get rid of that from the conversation. I went back and I looked at uh, at all the press, and in uh, end of August, uh, the president himself, uh, along with uh, his economic council, which is, you know, uh, uh, what's his face, Immolt and Sperling and all these guys, convinced the Carlisle Group to invest in the Sunoco refinery in Pennsylvania, which is like the craziest, like a $200 million investment in a hole, you know, in a, in a, in a money-losing piece of crap that just, you know, that doesn't work. And I think that they're dumping that thing now or whatever. You know, it's, oh, election's done, screw it, or we're going to get our investment back by gouging everybody. Something like well, that happened. Uh, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I, I know they can gouge. But anyway, looking at this chart, it appears that about 1984 is the stats from from 1980 on. From 19 before 1984, the lines were just perfect. They were right. Whatever the government said, whatever shadow stats said, the calculation was the same. 1984, they began to lie, but they only <laughs> lied by it looks like two percent. Oh, it's just it's it's a fudge. In 1992. 
<laughs> if you look at the chart, it starts to diverge even more. So it becomes 3% to lie, 4%. And then there's a huge lie. And it's been that way ever since, beginning in 1998. It's, and it's been a 7%. It appears to be about a 7% lie. So whatever they tell you, if inflation is 2%, it's 9%. And that's been consistent ever since. But the cool thing is it started in 1984. Yes, which is uh, funny. It's amusing. The government begins to lie. Yes, 1984 is when it all started. The more interesting one to me is the one that uh, I'll run on the next newsletter, which is the uh, unemployment rate. And there's three uh, lines to follow. But Obama specifically during his administration has begun to really lie about the unemployment rate considering the old calculation and the old calculation everything there's a there's the uh regular unemployment rate then there's u6 and, and those two are kind of in parallel and they're and they're slowly going down but the real calculation has been going up and it's close to 25 percent now that's what the true unemployment rate is in this country i've been meaning to ask you a question and, you know, I read Zero Hedge and, you know, do you ever read Zero Hedge? Yeah, I read most of these things. Okay, so we, we read a lot of the same things. And what I continuously see is, um, you know, let's see, just recently, um, uh, and, was it like $140 billion was withdrawn from American banks. You know, no one knows where it went. Um, all of the... Uh, a lot to of, pay for gasoline. <laughs> fill up Obama's jet. <laughs> um, you know, Germany wants its gold back. You know, everyone, you know, it's kind of, you know, c- countries are making noise about their gold. Hey, man, you know, and that, that's for real. I mean, Germany actually wants their gold back. Um, and then you read, you know, the analysts and, you know, of course, there's a lot of other guys, you know, Peter Schiff's of the world, etc., who say, you know, with the conservatively 40, but probably closer to $80 billion a month, that is being printed to buy the U.S. government bonds, which essentially, you know, the, the United States owns or, or buys 75 or 80 percent of all of our own debt. You know, we're monetizing our own debt, which, of course, is helping the stock market spike um, that the bond bubble that is that is building up is going to just, you know, whether it deflates rapidly or whether it's a big you know explosion, but that this really will take the United States down into oblivion. This is what I keep reading over and over again, and there's only one person I know who I can ask, uh, and that is, of course, the Nobel uh, Peace Prize uh, uh, economist, John C. Dvorak. What is what the validity? Know? What is the validity? <laughs> <laughs> Are we headed for a, an, an ultimate demise of the bond market if, uh, which you know could lead to all deflation, it could lead to inflation, it could lead to a number of things, but it seems like it can't go on forever. That's what oh, everyone yeah, keeps no, saying. Yeah, most of the smart money right now has uh, bought into the theory that uh, the bond market is going to collapse. And it's now, going now, to now, ex- explain to people the bond market because this is really easy to say. Please explain the bond market. I don't think anyone you know, ever does that. The bond market is essentially like it's different than securities. When you buy securities, you're buying a piece of the company. When you buy a bond, you're buying you're essentially buying debt. 
You're buying, you're loaning, you're, you're the bank. You're a bank. The bonds represent kind of a, okay. a loan to some company that's got the bonds. So they, who issues the most bonds in America? The government, U.S. government issues the most, and, and that's all debt, and that's where we're, where we're so deeply in debt. But most of those bonds are issued to Americans. A lot of people think the Chinese own, you know, the Chinese do own a lot of our... Uh, yeah, they own, our, they own like 40%, but... but no, it's, is it more? Not close. It's a small number. I thought it was 40%. No, but no, no. It's, I, it's, think, I think all foreigners maybe own 40%. So wait a minute, do you own U.S. government bonds? No, why would I? I well, count. you said most Americans own it. Who owns this stuff then? Who's, who's well, buying it? a lot that? of Americans own it because they're in a... Uh, in, like, 401k? For example, fully invested into a uh, retirement fund. Yeah, okay. They'll have a ton of those bonds. Very interesting. Um, okay, I'll come back to this. Just uh, I'm putting a bookmark by the retirement thing. Okay, so so that's what a bond is. Uh, but $85 billion is being made up every month and the treasury if i'm not if i'm not incorrect is buying those bonds they're buying a lot of bonds yeah <laughs> but but so we're buying our own debt yeah, but with, yeah it's with, cool huh yeah that's a great system <laughs> if you think about it yeah. it's like a great idea so essentially it's like i have i'm i have rent uh but i in in order to pay the rent i print up some dollars and uh, and then give that to my landlord. That's the system. Well, it's a, it, 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 I can see people interpreting it that way. I'm simple. I'm just a simple guy. So, but so the bond market will collapse. With that, then the debt collapses. Then, then, the, or or the no, the, the debt is the debt. I mean, it. The, the, what happens when the bond market collapses? The prices go way down of the bonds. The bond prices go way down because right. they're right now they're too high, right. and uh, the interest rate thus of the bonds, what the interest rate will go the up. Bond would we'll pay go if up. bought it at the lower prices goes way up. Right now, if we look at the shadow stats thing that we brought out, and it has yeah. a ten percent inflation rate, mm -hmm. which is probably the true number, the true number of the true number that reflects the true inflation that Americans are, are experiencing. That's probably the number. Instead of like you buy this bond and you get one percent interest back, yeah, it really probably should be ten percent interest but, back. So, but that, then I'd go which buy some bonds. The bond selling for a hundred dollars, it probably should be selling for about ten bucks. So that. 10x, right? So that mean, and the difference between 100 and 10 is a collapse. Well, hold on, hold on. Question, question. So does it make sense then, you know, uh, seeing as I only have uh, whatever cash I have in the bank, I have no other assets or anything, to buy some bonds now because when this thing uh, blows up, what then I'm going to... logic is this? But, but then I'm going to get a huge percentage. So you're going to buy a bond for 100 bucks and then, and then watch it go down to $10? Is that what you're uh, wanting to do? Or, well, I thought you get – interest gets paid on it. The interest gets paid on whatever you pay. If you buy a bond today at $100 and you get 1%, that, that – which may say it's a dollar. Right. That's all you're ever going to get. Just one time? No, you keep getting it. I mean the interest is, is an ongoing thing. Oh, so, so you'll be, be getting 1% back. So if you buy it, so oh, it no, falls on the this is a bad idea. Stop, stop. It's a bad idea. I'm not going to do that. Screw that. I'm not going to no, buy what it. What you want to do is short the bond market when it collapses. Oh, now, now, now you're complicating it. I don't want to be short. I don't want to. I don't understand. Well, that's what these guys think. There's one guy, and I don't know if he's a zero hedge guy or not, but one of the most famous investors in the country, in the world, actually. He says. Ben Bernanke? He believes. <laughs> yeah, Ben Bernanke. <laughs> Bernanke would probably agree with him. He says that. This bond market, when it collapses, 
will make more multimillionaires than any single event in the history of the uh, stock market. It is going to be a bonanza for people who can who know how to short. And by the way, a chat room, go fuck yourself. I'm doing this for your benefit too, okay? This is a conversation. I mean, Adam doesn't know shit. You didn't know you didn't understand anything. I'm doing this so that we all can learn something instead of just accepting whatever is fed into your stupid pea brain. Hey, quit being distracted by those boneheads. So uh, here's so he, I say this in relation to uh, something that uh, Richard Cordray said. Do you know who Richard Cordray is? Yeah, well, his, he, his name comes up a lot, but I'm always confusing him with Rob Cordray, the comedy guy. No, this is not the comedy guy. Yeah, yeah, Richard Cordray. What, he is, uh, he is the head of the U.S. Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. You know the thing okay. that, uh, right. that that horrible woman uh, started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, the woman we hated. Yeah, that woman. What's her name? I don't know. The Indian, the American Indian. He said regarding the so so personal retirement accounts, four hundred one k stuff in America, total value was estimated nineteen and a half trillion dollars. Sounds right. Cordray said in his recent interview, "Yeah, that's one of the things we've been exploring and are interested in, in terms of whether and what authority we have." So the the there's some what thinking. Does that mean the thinking is that oh. Uh, hello, uh, we can't trust uh, banks and other institutions because we are the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Remember, Richard Cordroy, he wrote the book on terrorism, uh, because, you know, that, that poor finances turns people into homegrown terrorists. That's the book that he wrote, that they are going to nationalize the 401ks, nationalize all of the pensions, take it away from the banks and use that as use the citizens own investments and savings as the true um backing of all of the bonds oh nice it, 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 it and i'm i'm the, i'm seeing some serious talk about this and 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 it makes so much sense because i've always wondered why this guy was made the the chief of the finance the consumer financial protection bureau which of course you know whenever the government says we're here to help you know run the of other course. direction so you know this is not about being scammed by your credit card company this is they're going to I think they're going to lay this big farce maybe we need to have a big blow up of some you know pension fund which is you know Europe is certainly you know, showing us the way in that regard where all the you know I had a pension with the the Dutch government broadcasting organization they sent they tracked me down here sent me a letter and said yeah we're really sorry you're not getting any money ever literally what yeah really yeah maybe in you know because i won't retire for a long time but they're saying you know foreseeable future no way we can't even tell you when any money would be paid. it's horrible it's really it's really really horrible the dutch pension you know of course the dutch don't complain you know they're they're sheep um but there's uh, some, there's some serious uh, uh, serious yeah, well, conversation about this. I would be surprised this. if they didn't confiscate. Uh, yes, confiscate. That's it. I mean, well, that's the word. That's what they're doing. Nationalize, nationalize, nationalize. Also called confiscate. But it, that could be that could be <laughs> that could be a great way to go. I think what that kind of what is, what was the total value? Seventeen nine, million. Nine, what, nine, Nineteen point four trillion dollars. How much? Nineteen point four trillion. Wow. 
Yeah, that would be a uh, that would be a boost to the economy to to nationalize that whole money and then put it right buy, buy those bonds back. They're going to have to do something before this collapse situation. This is what I'm talking about. How how much longer until the collapse? How how when do it's I have to start? To take place according <laughs> to these guys. If you if you believe any of it, uh-huh. yeah, the and cycle. I do. Yeah, the cycle since it fits into my th- broader theory of the book I never can finish. Yeah, I'm not going to uh, harp on that, man. It's, it's okay. supposed to happen at the end of this year, and I would set target maybe October, which would be perfect because generally speaking, most of these things, these collapses do take place in the, uh, in the in fall. that month. Right. Now, what would be interesting is that we've already had a housing market collapse, which has finally settled out and is kind of a bo- you know bouncing along the bottom. Still, it's moved up a little. Pl- <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like when they uh, when they the terrorists drag people behind their motorcycle through the sand. Yeah, so it's kind huh? of was the housing market. <laughs> That's the housing market <laughs> and the stock market really hasn't <laughs> been pounded. In fact, it's way up. Uh, but the bond market is the one that. It could just literally collapse, and it'd be a lot of the muni bonds, the ones that are, you know, that. And then when that happens, who wants to own debt in in Madrid? I mean, the, the Spanish debt. I mean, it's just like. But, but, okay, but when that happens, wouldn't that be the opportune moment uh, to immediately say, "Oh, we've got to protect the citizens. We've nationalized. We 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 grab all the pension funds." Yeah, yeah, that would be. I a think gr- it's actually genius. It's a great plan, right? And so, but then we have. Fourteen point nine or fourteen fourteen and a half trillion dollars. That's much more than we owe, right? We only how much do we owe? I think we're owing twelve, or we may own up to fourteen. So then, all Americans would look. You're gonna have to make the sacrifice. It's the shared responsibility. We're taking your pension fund. We're, we're taking wipe, your money. We're wiping the slate clean. It's for your own good. We're wiping the slate clean, and then whatever's left over, we share with everybody. So it'd be it'd be like four trillion left. You can't retire, but, you know, hey, it's, it's, at least you'll be eating American cat food. Well, you could, there's still Social Security. You can retire with that. So, unfortunately, the same... I mean, pe- there are plenty of people that were wiped out by Bernie Madoff yeah. that are now living in apartments, living on Social Security. Yeah. They were worth millions one day. Yeah. Millions. Yeah. But they're worth millions. How many I mean, people? He Who took you- the country for $50 billion. So they're worth millions of dollars. They're living a comfortable life in Florida. And, you know, they get on the wheelchair when they get off the Southwest flight and they go to their place. It's a big, giant mansion. And they got wiped out. And they had to, to, to make ends meet. They had to sell their place and move into an apartment. Now they're living on, you know, $3,000 a month in Social Security. You could probably manage that, but it's not the same. You know, no, it's not. No, gee, understatement of the day. No, it's not the same. It's definitely not. But that's what I'll be that's, living on. I, this is why I think they're so adamant about protecting Social Security because it's going to – if you confiscate all this money like you suggest, mm-hmm. which you could probably do in some emergency act yeah. after a cyber Ooh. terror attack. Ooh, I'm liking that. Well, there was that cyber attack on the Federal Reserve. Hmm. Okay. Okay. It might have been a, a dry run. I'm liking this. This is a whole new strategy, John. But keep your eye on Cordroy. Keep your eye on that guy. I mean, there's a reason why he's there. Because let me just, I've got to tell you the name of that book. What was it? Richard? Was it Richard? Cordroy? Droy. I think that's his name. Um, I just even got right here. Cordray. I'm sorry. Cordray. Cordray. Richard Cordray. Cordray. Serving as, now, he wrote the book somewhere. Uh, He was a Marshall Scholar. It's like Gary Johnson, which is kind of creepy. 
It also looks like the page on uh, 30 Rock. It's 30 Rock. <laughs> In fact, it is the page. It's Kenneth. 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 <laughs> he does look like Kenneth Cordray. <laughs> Kenneth. From now on, Kenneth Cordray. But he wrote a book. Hold on. Because I remember we looked this up. Um, he was raised in uh, uh, Champion High School. He, oh, I think he was a Jeopardy winner, wasn't he? Yeah, he won $45,000. He was one of the best Jeopardy guys. He was on Jeopardy. Yeah, so it makes total sense. But where's the book? I remember, I know that he wrote a book. Hmm. Yeah, let's see if I, can I can't find it. I can't find cuz I remember we we went through this whole thing and personal life, appearance on Jeopardy. Maybe I maybe I'm thinking of someone else. But I'm pretty yeah, sure there's no, there's no mention of a book on the wiki page. But he was there was something about Terrorism, terror. It must have been a paper or something. Let's try this. Uh, man, I can't. Okay, well, that's uh, that would kind of blow my whole theory. But the guy is there's a yeah, reason he's here. Vaguely remember something like that too. Uh, book terrorism. Let me just see. I, I mean, am I just nuts here? Well, it's not on this page. That's for sure. Uh, I did a search for the word book, not here. Yeah. Search for the word terrorism, yeah, I, not on the page. No, I did the same thing. Oh, well, here we go. Mm -hmm. I wonder why I have that stuck in my mind. We'll find, figure it out. Uh, homegrown book. Oh, yeah, it was on homegrown terrorism. Yeah, I mean, that's books that illuminated gay life. No, no. <laughs> Thanks, Google. What are you doing? Hmm. Is Cordray gay? No, I don't think so. I don't know. I have no idea, actually. Um, wow. Was it some other guy? His number, he was named consumer chief during one of those recess appointments. That's, Obama seems to be under. He's actually in like, some court found the entire National Labor Relations Board to be completely out yeah, of order and completely unconstitutional. Illegal. Yeah, I know. But Bo know. Obama didn't care. Hmm. No. Was he going to do anything about it? He's going to say, tough. <laughs> All right. Hey, you know, um, do you realize how close, how close I came to completely nailing the Super Bowl outcome? Yeah, you came pretty close. It would have been 69, and it would have been uh, San Francisco who won. Yeah. I mean, I within the last couple of seconds. So... That's, that game, the power goes out. There was, apparently was a bet on power going out. How long? Was, how long did uh, there was a bet, a bet on power going out? That's what somebody says. I don't. I haven't really? proven it, but really, somebody says there was a Vegas bet on the power going out. Well, it was out for a total of thirty three minutes. Thirty three minutes. Yeah. And uh, here's what I caught the other night. Uh, Chris Christie, uh, the uh, Gouverneur of New Jersey saying it's what you would do in that situation being a parent for guys. Uh, I mean, how do you pick? And yeah. and uh, the the NFL guy Roger Goodell, he was uh, with you last night. Yeah, I was in his box. Well, yeah. What happened when uh, the lights went out? He didn't seem to care one bit. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> right? did He's eating some popcorn, checking yeah. his BlackBerry. I, so I think he was in on the bet. He was checking Holy his crap. BlackBerry. Yeah, he was in on the bet. You think he would care? <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It doesn't care at all. Now, of course, whenever we say, oh, this is all rigged and it's fixed and people begin to laugh, but I'm sure you have heard about the 680 matches in uh, European football, soccer, 
which yeah. Europol Rigged. is now investigating because yeah. it's all rigged, particularly well, the Champions League. 600, over 600 matches have been shown rigged. to be rigged. 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 The people always laugh. We say, hey, it, the fix is in. All the stuff. I thought the fix sport. was in for the Niners in this game, and I think I, they, no, no, they can fell I tell so you? far behind. Here's Wait what I think. I just want to see if, if the, the fix can be in, and you can still go the wrong way. Somebody usually gets killed shortly thereafter. Well, here's what here's what I thought initially. Now, now I didn't know about the, the, the betting on the power. That's possible. I thought. Now, these are the, the, the coaches. They're brothers, correct? Yeah. So we had a Cain and Abel thing. I believe that the Ravens were supposed to throw the game because all professional sports are rigged. And then the brother went, F you, bro. I'm going to kick your ass. And that's why. Remember, the, I mean, if you saw they were fighting on the field in like the first five minutes, they're all fighting and pushing because the San Francisco was like, hey, bitches, that we're supposed to be winning here. What are you doing? This is not what we agreed upon. Right, that, then they ki- and then, then they, they killed, killed the, the power. The power, and then the Niners started to catch up, and, they, and then they exactly. fell apart. They almost they couldn't they catch up. They were way it. too far behind. It was just impossible. But do you see how they they did like 17 points in 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 15 minutes? Yeah, I literally think that they were that there was so much money riding on this that was fixed. San Francisco well, supposed to win. Then the brother goes, "Screw you, bro! I'm not playing that game. I'm go- I'm out to win." He what? Did, what did Baltimore have to lose? They're like, "Yeah, let's do it." You know, we don't give a crap. Then they went in. They went. They went totally for the kill. Went for the win. And then you know, it's like, "Oh, we're panicking. Throw the power." And that's when San Francisco, you know, got there, kind of got it back together again. Uh, and I think because the points were much closer, that even if people lost, at least that point spread wasn't so enormous. So the so the power outage helped the guys who were in on the game. Does that make any sense? Well, no, because okay. the, power, the, the points spread <laughs> okay, was well, I'm glad. <laughs> four points, five points for Baltimore. So the Baltimore team could have lost and still won the bet. Okay. But it, to me, that's what it felt like. Well, it felt fishy to me, too. And the Niners have had history of having kind of corrupt games, even though nobody wants to ever talk about it. But I remember they had a game against the uh, Cincinnati. And and the guy, Eddie D. Bartolo, who is the original owner that brought the team back from, from – uh, essentially from the seller of the league and made them five times champion more or less uh there was always something fishy about every game there'd be a a, like one of the top linemen on the other team would mysteriously disappear before the super bowl (laughs) seriously there's all these guys think so i figure oh the niners are always going to win because there's this kind of stuff going on i think that this this i think your your theory is basically correct and I think somebody's going to be end up dead in the next three months. Yeah. I think that's very that's very possible, and it's probably going to be that dude who killed two people. What's his name? What, what dude who? Killed yeah, there's two the, there's the dude who, who the player, the dude who killed two people and he got off. No, no, he's the <laughs> kill him. He's the expendable. He's on the Baltimore team. Because they got to kill somebody. No, they got to kill somebody who who made the deal. It's going to oh, be something probably so, in the Niners organization, or maybe uh, the Baltimore organization. Somebody's going to get killed, though. I'm telling you, kill that guy as a warning. Well, let's, we'll see. Because All the, I know is that if we <laughs> watch in the Red Book, it's in the Red Book. Somebody <laughs> in, the, in the league somewhere along the lines in the NFL is going to be mysteriously murdered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, while we're on sports, because, you know, we never talk about sports because I could give a crap about sports. Right. You we don't care. You don't like I sports. I do not care. I, I'm not interested. I, I watch the Super Bowl. You that, hate it. I don't hate it. I'm not interested in it. You know, okay. I'm not interested in the mind control. It's, it's, it's sports. Professional sports is only built to keep men's testosterone going to give you some outlet so you can drink beer and cheer for something and make you feel like a man. All right. And then watch. I'm not going to argue, but go on with your thesis. Lance Armstrong. Okay. I've been thinking about this. This is hometown boy, right? Lance Armstrong. uh, He's your, he's your homie. He's, he's our homie. Now, I will say that in general, uh, even um, before this latest, uh, you know, even before the Oprah thing, um, people in uh, in Austin will say, you know, they're very proud of their Lance Armstrong, particularly what he's done for Austin, what he's done for Livestrong, even though they've kind of disassociated uh, themselves from him. Um, but you pretty much can't find anybody who won't say, oh, by the way, he's an asshole. Just in general, he's just not a nice guy. He's an a-hole. That's, you cannot find... Anybody who will just say, oh, we love him. No, no. They're like, hey, great what he's done, you know, and and people say he's getting screwed. And I'm thinking, what is going on with this? There can only be one of two things. One, for some reason, we have to teach the slaves about cheating. I'm, I'm not I, I haven't really developed that theory because I'm I just don't know where to go with it. I'm much more interested in this. Uh, USADA, because the United States Anti-Doping Authority is a private organization. But because of an international treaty, this is what this whole Olympics business gives us, they are now funded by the United States government to go after doping in sports. Now, if you're going after doping in sports, you're only one step away from going after doping in the workplace, uh, in fact, in the UK, they're already talking about this. So, uh, so, so I think that this is part of getting people off illegal drugs and getting them on the good stuff made by Merck and you know the big boys. Well, uh, there's, there's yeah, two problems with the thesis. Okay. Well, by the way, and I want to mention since I am now watching the sling box in Australia that there's a doping scandal going on there with at least two, a minimum of two, especially one of the Australian football teams which are apparently all pumped up on roids. Mm-hmm. So the thesis, the problem with the thesis is, is that we know for a, f- well, not, well, we don't actually know for a fact, but we know that most of the heroin, illegal heroin and all the poppy stuff is all run through the yeah, CIA. Hold on, stop, well, stop, 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 stop. The, they're not, Lance Armstrong was not shooting up heroin, John. This is not about, this is about the small little things. This is about the, the, you know, EPO is, you know, that's enhanced performance droid. This is not heroin okay, okay, and I coke. I what you're saying. You're, you're saying instead uppers, of... Uppers, uppers, Adderall, you know, the good stuff. Oh, so you want to put these athletes on some sort of uh, no, 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 prescription no, no. regimen? No, 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 no. This is well, about... they got to use something. No, this is about funding an organization that is inherently a private organization. Just be, it's like It's like Federal Express. Just because, or Federal Reserve, just because it's U.S. By the way, U.S. ADA Saturday service in August. Yeah, hold on, don't confuse the issue. United States Anti-Doping Agency. Here, do a consult the Book of Knowledge here. The Book of Knowledge. It is a private organization, non-profit, non-governmental organization. 
Okay, this is not the government. This is this is like uh, the Robin Hood Foundation. This is like uh, the Red Cross. And now all of a sudden they're like some authority and they've been brought to the level that now Lance Armstrong may have to testify in court against these yahoos. This is creating a, a, some kind of organization that will go after people taking doping. It's kangaroo court. Thank you. Doping. And he's being made an example of. So then, you know, it's like we can go into your workplace. Oh, we got to check to make sure you're not doping people. Make sure you're not doping. I'm telling you, there is this is and the whole Olympics thing. This is all a big part of it, and the and we're in this because of these international treaties that we all think are also great, which is how you can drone kill American citizens with or without a drone. In December 2009, U.S. ADA, which sounds official, the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> launched. Supplement Safety Now in partnership with the National Football League, Major League Baseball, uh-huh. National Basketball Association, National Hockey League. Got to get their nose in the big money. So, so we need to we need a name like that. We need like the USNAS. Hello, I'm uh, president of the USNAS. United yeah. States No Agenda No Agenda Show. <laughs> US No Agenda Show. Come on, this is this is Yeah, this, no, that's exactly what you need. USNAS. I but the federal federal USNAS. I think that's good. Federal, I'm going to write it down. Federal, U.S. The code, by the way, they are following the World Anti-Doping Code. The code works in conjunction with five international standards for Mm -hmm. uniform harmonization of testing programs across the globe. Mm -hmm. You're right. So you did like a United Nations thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm telling you. It's a prohibited list. Because, you know, why else... I mean, what is so Armstrong? You know, I don't know what the whole Oprah thing was about. I think the guy would do anything for money at this point. He has a G five at Bergstrom Airport. That thing does not fly by itself. You know, if you don't have your sponsor money coming in, you're getting rid of that thing real quick. I mean, I'm talking a hundred thousand dollars a month just to have that G five sitting there on the tarmac with everything that goes or in the hangar, everything that goes along with it, with the depreciation, everything. That's a very expensive toy, and he's got nowhere to fly to. You know, they don't have to go to Reebok or Nike or anybody. He's, I give that. He's selling that jet. I'm. He sure has to. Now. He has to sell the jet. So, um, you know, so I'm sure that he got money to to crank up Oprah's. Man, Oprah came to him, dude. Dude, <laughs> I mean, seriously, Oprah came to Austin for that interview. That's a big deal. So, so that was to jack up her channel. So I'm sure he got paid for that. I think he's just like, screw it. I'm just, whatever, I'm all in. I'll take whatever I can get at this point. Ah, there's something big going on, and we're, and we're just not seeing it. And that's the, that's the closest I can get, is that this is funding organizations to go in as authority. Brown shirts, essentially. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know what? Hey, hold on a second. What, am I crazy? Guide star. Let's take a look at these jabronis. Who's Guide Star? That's where I get my Form 990s from. What's the name of this place? United States Anti-Doping Agency. Agency. Is it agency? Yeah. <laughs> what, what was that? It you, comes out of the World Anti-Doping Agency. Yeah, but we want the... Yeah, but it's a non... It's the U.S. Yeah, no, but that, that's the same thing. That's a bullcrap operation. Well, yeah, but I'm not interested in that one. I'm interested in the one that's going to be... You know, you, you want a podcast license? Oh, we have to make sure you're not doping. Let's see. Income, $15 million. Oh, I wonder where they got their $15 million from. Well, from the taxpayers. Mm-hmm. 
because mm-hmm. it's so important that us taxpayers keep our athletes from doping. It's this Travis T. Tiggert. That's the guy that uh, has had like, oh, Travis gee. T? Travis T. Tiggert. Interesting. Travis T. Really? Yeah, Travis T. I mean, it's like yeah, code. Travis it's T. a code. It's code. Travis T. Tiggert. It's code. Tiggert. They're laughing like at Tiggert, it. Tiggert, Oregon? Yes. Travis T. Hello, my name is Travis T. <laughs> And interestingly, they have not filed their Form 990 for 2011, or at least not made it public. That So they got $10 million from the government right offhand. And where did the rest of the money come from? What does Tigert make? Okay, here's the... <clears throat> this The agency is responsible for the testing, education, research, and results management process... For U.S. Olympic, Pan Am, and Paralympic athletes. The agency is also responsible for enhancing research efforts and promoting educational programs to inform athletes of the rules governing the use of performance-enhancing substances, the ethics of doping, and its harmful health effects. So they are a pharmaceutical company the way I see it, tied into the Olympics, the New World Order, the Trilateral Commission. <laughs> okay, I'm taking Bring a bit... all in. <clears throat> I'm, taking, <clears throat> I'm taking a bit far, but... So it looks like a 10 million bucks right off the top. Uh, yeah, 2006, 8 billion, 8 million, 2007, 8, 2008, 9.5, 2009, 9.8, 2010, 10 million... So they've done 46 million. They have gross receipts from related activities, 22 million. This is just 2010 alone. So um, now I think they're are they are they have C three or four corp because then they don't have to tell us where the money came from. Uh, lobbying non taxable amount. That's their expenditures. Hold on, I'm just going down this list. I love doing this, as you can tell. Closely held equity interests, financial derivatives, so they invest a little bit of that money. Um, they give some money to, oh, they did the symposium in Europe, Iceland and Greenland. They spent a little bit of dough there, but they're not saying where they get their money from. That's pretty interesting. Huh. Well, they probably, uh, who knows, but I'm sure it's coming out of the taxpayer's pocket one way, shape, or form. Here we go. I'm sorry. What is this? Research Triangle Institute, $100,000. Yeah, that's probably one of those operations. Yeah. Stratagene. Wow. Come on, look, look up Stratagene. That's got to be like some biotech firm. I would think. Purpose of, grant, purpose of grant, product creation. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Uh, thermo, well, that's interesting. Thermo Fisher. NSF International product testing. These guys are in the drug business. <laughs> They're making new drugs. <laughs> this is great. Travesty makes uh, two hundred sixty-eight thousand dollars a year. Ah, it's good work. Plus uh, money for speaking fees. I'm sure of it. Uh, well, a total uh, is uh, three hundred thirty-five with all those benefits. Uh, but they don't really. Uh, I should look at who's on the board. I bet you there's some. Uh, I bet you there's some uh, some dudes in there. 
Let's see. Science, research, and development, $1.2 million. Yeah, so this is a drug company. Okay? That's what it looks like to me. What do you think? What's the name of that company again? Oh, the one that that sounds like a drug uh, research firm. (laughs) Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. I have to go down the list again. Yeah, this is what I want you to do. Um, Where was it? Here it is. Um, Stratagene, S-T-R-A-T-A-G-E-N-E, in La Jolla, California. This is great. This, ladies and gentlemen, is... How it should They've run. They've been bought by Agilent Technologies. What's Agilent? I don't know. I'm <laughs> you, them. You're down the rabbit hole, Dvorak. Hey, I just saw on the on their homepage, USADA. Apparently, uh, there's doping going on in the in the sport of curling. What? <laughs> yeah, you know that thing where they toss. I need like, to be all pumped up on Roy's <laughs> to push a rock down the thing. It toss rocks on I ice. I missed just on the Canadian news. I'm listening to Calgary and archery, uh, and apparently that no, apparently there's doping going on in archery. I'm just looking at their at their web page here. Skiing. My goodness, this is great. This is fantastic. So did you find out what that company does? Yeah, they make test the testing stuff. The testing stuff. Yeah, the stuff that you test people for roids and all the rest. This is, they're one of the leaders. Okay. Let's see. Edwin Moses, he's a... Diagnostic products is what it is. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. Richard Clark, uh, chair, a USA board member, is with GlaxoSmithKline Research and Development. This is, we forgot to look at the board. He's the vice chair. Marsha Lee Taylor is the secretary. She was the partnership at drugfree.org. Okay, she's the lobbyist. Then we have Carl Swenson, who's the treasurer. Let's see. Uh, Oh, he's an Olympian. Very good. Get another Olympic athlete in there. John Bardis. Let's see. John Bardis. Baxter International. Okay. (laughs) It's slowly becoming very clear what this is all about, John. Sherry Ballwet, she looks like she was uh, another. So they're doing, they do one medical shill and then they do one uh, 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 sports guy. Uh, let's see, sports management program. This buds for you, okay? No, I mean we've we've got all we need on there. We've got Glaxo and we've got Baxter International, right on the board. Call on the shots. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. Well, none of this is much of a surprise. However, the entire conversation that's going on is not about this. And this is what we do. That's why we are the best podcast in the damn universe. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Pee in the cup, slave. And while you're peeing in the cup, you should be thanking some of the people who helped produce this show by contributing to it. Show 485. I'm off on this, man. I'm going I'm to be, I'm looking into more of this. This is great. We just yeah. got to figure out, maybe the Oprah, maybe, she, maybe, oh, I know the Oprah tie-in. Of course. 
She's an investor in one of these companies. No, man. Well, maybe that, but uh, no. She needs, oh, she needs drug sponsors. Sponsors. Drug sponsors. I'm going to yeah, look at the Oprah be. page while you're doing this. I bet you she has big and, drug sponsors. Let's start thanking people. Andrew Holcomb, Ann Arbor, Michigan, $111.11. More value for value. I'm way better at spotting the bullshit thanks to you guys, but I'm still unsure what to do about it. Please send a double shot of Carmen and my brother out in Portlandia. He and his wife are in needs of some goodness. Long live the printed book. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm down with that. You've got karma. Ron Hanneman in $111.11. So I spent the last four days working on my cabin located in the forested isle of the Salish Sea. It's an off-grid design without benefit of electricity or plumbing. Oh. After I don't know. Okay. After working through what turned out to be nearly ten episodes, my douchebag needle was pinned firmly to to the right, thus triggering an obligatory donation. I see. Uh, <laughs> so you so guys, a, a, everyone is born with a douchebag needle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys made my protracted and extreme isolation from social interaction bearable, even dare I say, enjoyable. Not hearing or seeing a single corporate advertisement for four days was good for the psyche. It probably is. Keep up the good work, gents, and play me out with John's going to hum the Sunday Times, and you will obey, you will obey. John's gonna hum the Sunday Times. You will obey, you will obey, you will obey. Wow, that is a an outstanding combo. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And communications 2020, our friend Sir Howard Gutnicht Gutknecht. in Gutknecht. Uh, Seattle. Double nickels on the dime twice, meaning two Abraham Lincoln vampire killers on the Benjamin Franklin. Thank you. Okay. Donald Silva in Ua Beach, Hawaii. Hawaii. You know, a guy goes up to another guy and says, how do you pronounce it? Is it pronounced Hawaii or Hawaii? And the guy says, Hawaii. And he says, oh, thanks. And the guy says, you're welcome. <laughs> wow. Is this the kind of humor they portray in Washington State? Thank you for continually educating me, Donald Silva says, uh, about the media. Now I no longer believe what I hear from the news media. Please accept this donation for your fine work. Hundred dollars. Nice. Uh, it is, as you say, the best podcast in the universe. May I have uh, just the karma? Absolutely. You've got karma. Ryan M. Reich in Brooklyn, New York. I forgot to donate to No Agenda for moving karma before the show two Sundays ago, and my new super didn't make any of the necessary repairs to the new apartment my girlfriend and I are moving into. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I forgot to donate before last Thursday's show, and my friends got sick and couldn't help me move. Hmm. I forgot one more time before this past Sunday show, but I had been kicking myself so hard for not donating that I think the karma came through in advance. The apartment's almost 100% fixed up for us, and we're almost 100% moved in. I'd like to request $50 of finished moving karma and $50 of travel karma, and we're taking a trip to the great state of Washington soon. Can I get some TSA karma? Uh, so he wants a WTC7, say something, see something, karma. WTC7 won't go away. See something, see something. You've got karma. 
It's an oddball request today. Yeah, but I like it. It's, it, it you know, I'm liking the fact you can find nice. these these old oh, clips. We don't play much. Oh, I'm working on it. Oh! That was John P's Dublin, Ohio, for doing 9999. Anders and Jethro, keep up the good work on the best podcast in the universe. I was introduced last year by a customer in Western Michigan who is an avid follower. But he needs to be called out as a douchebag for not donating. Since he's a customer, I guess I'll keep his name anonymous, but he'll know who he is. If I can get a shut up already, 999 with a shot of karma, that would complete my week. Okie dokie. Shut up already. It's science. You've got karma. There you go. This is interesting. This is Christopher Arneson in uh, in Aloha, I guess, I Oregon. Think it's Arneson. I think it's Arne. Oh, is it Arneson? Arneson. Arneson. I'm... Well, he's not talking bitching about that. He's bitching about the pronunciation of Aloha. <laughs> okay. He says, pronounce not like the Hawaiian. And then he has a couple. He's like, aloha. It's aloha. Oh, I'm, bull I'm crap. Oh, bull. That You don't say aloha. I, You know, in Oregon, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay. Because you'd go in. This, uh, I'm not going to put down Oregon, but let me just tell a <clears> typical <throat> story you'd have, you'd run into. Yeah, I'm in aloha, Oregon. Oh, really? That's funny. It's pronounced just like aloha. Huh? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. All that, right. That, that was my point uh, my Oregon, point my made. Oregonian. Point yeah. Point May. Very. Anyway, good. I want to thank us for the best podcast in the universe after about five or six years of being. Sorry. Hold on. My God. Five or six years of being off HF. Oh, he's a ham. Inspired me to go and find a used HF transceiver. That's VHF, isn't it? No, VHF? no. HF is is the is, is the is the manly stuff. That's you know twenty oh, meters, that's thirty just meters. Oh, big dipole. No, you. Well, God, I can't. I'm so excited I, about my I, project. I just finished reading his note before you give me the lecture. Anyway, bought a dipole. The ICOM seven thirty five I found is currently getting a complete alignment performed, and the copper weld wire is in the mail. Yeah, cool. please credit this donation to my beautiful wife Valeska. And he sent us pictures of her. I saw, yeah. She I, apparently never dresses as an <laughs> anything but a character. <laughs> she, she's an anime character. I love her. She's, she's awesome. like Every picture of her is like she's in some costume. Well, they go to a lot of anime. She's very pretty. Thanks. She's and awesome. she's turning 34 today. Uh, oh, really? I would have guessed 27. Uh, for noagendanation.com tracking purposes. And send her a Kiki Sui Karma LGY. I punched her in the mouth back in October. And she has been a dedicated listener ever since. Uh, anyways, 73 and 88 from KU7PDX. And uh, he sent us $88.88, which is our special ham donation. Uh, thank you very much from KF5SLN. And I don't know what John's call is because I don't have to say it ever, ever, because, you know, he's never on the air. Shut up already. It's science. Yay! And there's your karma. You've got karma. I just wanted to say that... I've been working on my project, and uh, which is something that you will you'll really love this, John, because you know you'll be able to just plug it into you don't it, it's wireless. You don't have to plug in your 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 uh, your computer, or you can use your smartphone, and you will be able to and just you can attach a coat hanger if you wish. Your results will vary, but uh, you can just attach a wire, low power, five watts. And uh, and no knobs on the front. You just plug it in, 
and and it goes, and then you can uh, communicate all over the world. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you have to at least be a general ham. No, I'm sorry. No. Aaron uh, Yoho in Fairmont, West Virginia, 7777. It's Gitmo Yoho representing the 304. Hmm. Enough with the swazzle nuffs already. Everybody knows 77 is better. Why? Because you get eight more. <laughs> Seriously, though, you deserve every penny. Please visit our podcast, mountainmanifesto.com, featuring Dame Lizzie. Oh. A true Appala- an Appalachian who appreciates our hillbilly point of view. Please give us an Atlas shrugged, Dvorak fart noise, <laughs> followed by Adam laughing, karma, in hopes that mountainmanifesto.com takes off. P.S. Mountainmanifesto.com. Atlas shrugged. By Ayn Rand. <laughs> You've got... Karma. <laughs> oh, look at this mountainmanifesto.com. That sounds great. Mountainmanifesto.com. What do you think they got going on there? And Lizzie's there. Dame know. Lizzie, dude. Cool. David DeRoos. Well, it's a podcast. Yeah, that's what he says. David DeRoos and Zindrecht. No, that can't be right. Zwindrecht. Zwindrecht. <laughs> What's AL? Alabama. <laughs> Schweindrecht, no Schweindrecht, Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> it might have been NL, but maybe uh, Buzzkill Jr. slipped. That's quite a slip no, from he the. He wouldn't have done that. A to the but end. he is in the Netherlands. After my Mystic 12345 donation a while ago, now a top off to $200, making me a one fifth night. Just like the state lottery scam here in the Netherlands. <laughs> Please give me a win, Karma, so I can donate the remaining four fifths to become a real knight this here year. Here you go. Win! You've got Karma. Yeah. Andrew Sturgell in Steamboat, Colorado, Steamboat Springs. Yeah, I've been. Uh, 75. I had to donate after hearing Adam's comment about the cable news journalists being turds in the same pot. <laughs> Nearly fell out of my chair laughing. Fascinating gun slash big pharma analysis. I think you guys might be onto something. Keep up the great work, Adam. I hope the aviation porn shirts from Denver Hot Pockets stop fit okay. Oh, yeah. It was a real fun meeting you and Mickey. Yeah, we had a good time. That was that was a very nice um, stop. All of Colorado was nice, even though obviously you wouldn't want to live there. And ready? Hit yep. it. Oh, crapola. I'm sorry. I'm uh, I'm just goofing off here. When is this thing ever going to die? 69! 69, dude! All the following are 69, 69. Daniel McTuff in Silver Springs, Maryland. Keep up the great work. Could I get a don't eat me, shut up already combo with a shot of karma? Uh, Don't eat me. Sorry. Hold on. I'm a little behind here. It's like the butcher. Don't eat me, Hillary Clinton. Shut up already. Science. There we go. You've got Sorry. karma. Took me a moment just to get over You heard my about head. the butcher who backed up into the meat grinder and got a little behind in his work. You know, you're just, you know, you. You're, this is pretty much the soupy sales show, everybody. This is, <laughs> Except for the pies. It's uh, it Actually, it's where it's like Jackie the Joke Man here. I'm doing a show <laughs> with Jack. Newman. Hello, John the Joke Man Dvorak. Eric Newman, I've just proven to the audience out there that you actually have no sense of humor. Hello, Spice and Keyboard. I'm celebrating my one-year exodus from Gitmo Nation, Endless Summer, Orlando, 
and now cheerfully enjoying proper winter weather in Gitmo Nation French fries on your sandwich, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, they, that is a very famous thing they do. I realize I haven't donated in over a year and heard all of John's kvetching about low donations. So here's a swazzle enough to hopefully smooth things out over for a few more months. I've also increased my monthly donation to 1212 to help curb inflation and low donations. If you would, please give me some consonant karma for my gorgeous girlfriend, Sarah Steed, Ested, Sarah Stead, who also moved with me to Pittsburgh. By the way, Pittsburgh is a very pretty town. She works a horrid job where the corporate culture has devoted to a bunch of scared slaves working in cubes, chiding each other about only working 40 hours a week or for t- <laughs> It's a new normal right there. Yeah. Yeah, you're only working 40 hours a week, loser. Check out. Loser. I love the rest of this. Or for taking a lunch break. What? You, you took had- a lunch break, loser. <laughs> Should be working. Wow. Yeah, that is that is the worst. What you what the, that the, that is what's happening right now in this country, and the, these idiots have been allowed this to continue. Her bosses often have conflicting artistic views, so her immediate boss might not like something like that. Her that her boss likes, or vice versa, and goes on. We appreciate a delicious karma, uh, karma plus a little a Hillary delicious plus little go yay in that order, reverse oh, order. Oh, reverse order. Okay. And they hope Sarah can get a proper graphic design position. Isn't the graphic arts world, they're, they're bitching about lunch? Wow. It's not coders. <laughs> wow. Well, hold on. You make it sound like coders or software developers, as we would call them, like that, like they're not artistic? That's, that's the, that is that's one of the no, most no, no. artistic the jobs ever. They're the worst grind. It's coders. They're, they'll just be working and working. They're working 16 hours a day. They work their butts off, and they don't get paid overtime. They get ripped off by these companies that turn co- they turn these coding machines. It's horrible. And then they give them names like Ninja. Have you noticed that? Yeah, Ninja. Uh, we, we're, look, ninja. we're looking for a coding Ninja. Why don't I just throw a star in your face, a-hole? You've got... Karma. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friends. Yay! All right, reverse, as you wish. Okay, now we got uh, Ash Ash from Gitmo Nation. Am I going to get the right one here? Yeah. Ash from Gitmo Nation East of uh, something. I don't know what this means, this little acronym. I-M-O-T-N-C. Hi, everybody. Your last batch of karma did me well, and it's been a while since I last gave value for value, so I thought I'd chuck in another swazzle enough so that I could get a fiscal cliff, little girl, yay, karma. Keep up the media assassination. I'm working on propagating the formula to a few more human resources, but it's a slow burn sometimes. All right. Hi, everybody. Ah! Yay! You've got <laughs> karma. <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> James Ward in London. Leaves a little more karma listening for years, but he just started donating. A little more karma. Sorry. You've got karma. What is this? Andrew asking for karma. Andrew Fight. F-I-T in Stockton. Coming in with a drunk donor. Coming in with a drunk donation. I want to say that swazzled off whatever the hell it's called karma works. (laughs) I would like to challenge those who don't donate with giving a shot at karma for a world. Try it. I dare you. It'll change your life. Thanks again for providing us with the best podcast in the universe. If it's not too much trouble, I'd like another shot of karma. 
You've got karma. Now he's drunk, but he had a cold. <laughs> ben Mann in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, dear Eldus and Jorin, I know the donation says I'm donating from Ringo, Louisiana, but I'm actually donating from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the worst drivers on earth. By the way, they are the worst drivers on earth. And I actually talked to some police about this when I was in Atlanta, because when you're there's a big freeway they put in the middle, so the middle of town it goes all over the place. And when you drive down this freeway, the the freeway is littered with wrecks. <laughs> I mean, it's just short of blood all over the freeway. It's littered, literally littered with wrecks, miles of them. And some cop told me, he says, well, the problem is, is that they never had any of these freeways and nobody knows how to drive fast because it was all just little streets. And it's, it's just constant wrecks. There's just a mess. So it is the worst drivers. It might be the worst drivers on earth. When I heard El Sid's distribute karma to all the listeners on Sunday's show, I literally felt the good vibes from his donation travel all the way through my body. It was at the point, at this point, that I could no longer deny the legitimacy of the karma shout out. So in that vein, I would like to do the same and wish some good karma, not the bad kind, and all of the no agenda listeners out there. Would, oh. I would like to point out to all you NA doubters out there in reference to Adam and John, forsooth, they speak the truth. Thank you for the best podcast in the universe. Adios, mofos. Adios, mofo. You've got karma. Spiro Spiro Zaphiris in Perth, our favorite town in Australia. Although I've never been there. Hey, all folks. Spiro from Perth in Gitmo nuts down underpants. For that, suicide me with a two to the head and please release some karma for my sister and co-producer, Katina, who's celebrating her birthday tomorrow, uh, February 8th. We should put her on the birthday list. Oh, hold on a second. How come? Eh, she's not on the birthday list? The birthday list is huge. No, it's not huge. We finally have someone with a birthday list. Let me just see. It's uh, Spiro, Spiro to his sister. Yeah, Katina. Katina. What's her name? Katina? Yeah. Katina. Okay, tomorrow. Okay, got it. Healthy just getting by. No mac and cheese, but lots of konjac noodles and deer antler broth. Okay. Okay, but, but he wants a two to the head, two to the head karma release. Yeah. You've got karma. Okay. Josh Jackson in West Sacramento. Sacra Tomato. In the morning, my friends, I've been a boner since somewhere in the late 200 show to early 300 shows. And while I've not had the funds to help with a financial donation, I've done my best to propagate the formula as an employee of Slaveway, a.k.a. Safeway. I've always get a kick hearing how the stuff sold there is crap. It's hard. It's hard living. You know, here's the thing. I didn't realize that iceberg lettuce had any flavor because my parents always bought it from Safeway. So I started buying it at the green grocer, and I, and I said, you know, because you have children, they will only eat iceberg lettuce. They don't like the other stuff generally when they start. So you realize this stuff's actually pretty good. Then you go back to Safeway because you need some iceberg lettuce, and you taste it, you realize somewhere, I don't know where they get it, but obviously there's a checklist. It's, would you like iceberg lettuce or completely tasteless iceberg lettuce? And that's the box they check. <laughs> 
I've been wanting to donate for so long, but when I got the email on 123, I thought, oh, fudge, I better donate. So I picked up the extra <laughs> fudge. fudge. Picked up the extra shift at work so I could just make this donation. Aww, I'd like to thank you for nice. the awesome show, and especially thank you for making the decision to keep the luggage language on the show clean. Mm. Will we try? Well, I yeah, do. I'm yeah. very good at it. Oh. I'm hitting my parents in the mouth whenever I can, and it makes it so much easier to share segments of the show when I don't have to worry about offending their delicate sensibilities. Yeah. Good I'd like to request that. a God information man, two to the head, shut up, slave. You will obey. Oh, Old well, school. hold, hold on a second. That's, a, that's quite a lot there. That's a, that's a four. Yeah. Uh, oh. New information, two to the head, shut up, slave. I've got information, man. New shit has come to light. Shut up. You will obey. You will obey. You will no. obey. We can't do this, people. Karma. We can't do he this. He wanted to, besides that, he was, it's too many. Three too max. Many. Three max. Three max. Jake Davis in Honolulu, Hawaii, sixty nine, sixty nine. In the morning, John and Adam, I just got back from another deployment on a sub. Oh. So it's been a while since I donated. Once again, I found that the best podcasting universe was a great way to catch up on the news and took place uh, that took place between port calls. Every time we pulled in, I would download all the episodes I missed, and I'd get my dose of what I missed in the world. My wife is due to have a baby ne- baby next week, so please Aww. give her a dose of karma to make that kid head on out sooner rather than later. Keep up the good work, and thanks for all you guys do. Aww, thank you, Submariner. You've got karma. Good work, Submariner! And that was it. Yeah. Ugh. 69! 69! Yeah, and right. until we uh, make a change in our policy, we'll continue reading to $50, which is Re- Russell Rhodes in Tallahassee, Florida, sixty-seven eighty-nine. Enjoys the assassination uh, that we do. He wants to just send your cash, uh, take that to the bank bullshit. Okay. That's it. Yeah. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. You can take that to the <clears> bank. <throat> bullshit. Oh, I don't know the karma. You've got karma. bonus. Yeah. <laughs> After bitching and moaning, you only went three. You gave him four. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> Sir James Briscoe, our buddy in Bayshore, New York, uh, 67, 68, had to donate because I heard the bullshit spiel that I hear while walking through the Amtrak floor in Penn Station every morning via the LIRR, Long Island Railroad. Please give Smitta some karma. She deserves it. That's all, Chief. You've got karma. 6666 from Colin in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Dear Jeb, Alistair, and Mandy. Longtime listener of the best podcast in the universe. As Knight Scott William got me hooked on your media assassination many moons ago. I've been a boner for too long, and I'm donating stoned. Uh-oh. <clears throat> hey, man. <laughs> I've been a boner for too long, and I'm donating stoned. Proving that marijuana can lead to productive actions. I'm <laughs> donating sixty six sixty six in exchange for two mothership boarding passes for my lovely girlfriend Carly and yours truly. As long as the flight hasn't sold out, I would be honored and humbled if we could get picked up humbled and, and honored. Honored and <laughs> taken off of the earth whenever the new world fully s- enslaves the planet. I'm requesting some see something, say something, chemtrails, little girl, yay, karma to help all the slaves defend themselves against those pesky, persistent jet contrails. <laughs> if you see something, say something. Wow! 
You've got karma. Brian Wright in Pasadena, Maryland. 61, uh, 55, double nickels on the dime. I'm making this donation for three reasons. One, call me out as a douchebag immediately. I donated on last Thursday's show to support you guys to get my wife's (laughs) birthday call out, but I forgot to mention her damn name. (laughs) Like, which one? (laughs) But I promised to make things right this uh, week. Please give a shout out to my wife, Michelle, and tell her I'm sorry, but I made good as promised. Number two. My son's Lane's birthday was on February 6th. Please put him on the birthday list. Is he? Yeah. Number three, this is the best damn podcast in the universe, and you guys deserve it. Please dedouche me as I made good on my promise to throw us and throw us a Dr. Kiki karma combo. Uh, keep up the great work and keep hitting him in the mouth here in Maryland, nuts. You've been dedouched. Shut up already. Science. You've got... Karma. This is an odd one here from Elliot Gardner in York, Pennsylvania. Double nickels on the dime. ITM, uh, Alfred and Jerry. I wish <laughs> I want to wish my brother, Sir Andrew of No Agenda Racing, a happy 30th. Can I get a poop police? Oh, wow. Two delicious LGY and throw in a karma for Sir Andrew and Stephanie. Uh, two delicious... You got poop police? Yeah, I got poop police. Huh. Well, it wants uh, poop police too delicious. Okay. And then yeah, L- LGY. Oh, <laughs> Detective Dookie. Detective Dookie. Poop police. <laughs> SPU. Special it's almost unit. too delicious to believe, my friend. Yay! <laughs> You've got karma. There you go. Hey, you ask, you want poop police? I got your poop police right here. Lyndon Noyan in Houston, Texas. Uh, small gift for the best podcast in the universe. We'll donate, donate more later as we are currently just getting by. Request karma, job hunting, and house in the Climate Gate jingle. Oh. You've got karma. To the gate, to the gate, to the Climate No karma? Uh, oh, karma for job. Well, because you didn't finish the note. Anyone looking for a new... No, ant- no, you started the jingle before I finished oh, the note, so I well, thought I'm you were sorry. cutting it. I'm sorry. Uh, I'll it's do the okay. karma then. I, my fault. You've got It's karma. nobody's fault. It's just, it's just though it's part it's of the show's is. structure. It just is. <laughs> James McFisto in Milford, Connecticut, nuts. Double nickels on the dime. I've been a long-time boner, first-time donor. I've been listening to you guys for a while now, and you guys have really changed how I see the media. That's what we do. As and Now I see it as a steaming pile of dog crap. <laughs> I thought I'd give you guys some value for value for helping me open my eyes and see what bullshit they are pulling on us. I'm looking for a job and test-taking karma, and I'm still awaiting call from the people whom I last interviewed or who last interviewed me Uh as well as taking my A plus 702 test today, and any help would be appreciated. Also, like that? a side of almost too delicious, I don't know, to believe, don't eat me, Hillary, and a shout-out to my beautiful girlfriend, Anita, who I love and care for so deeply. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. Don't eat me, Hillary Clinton. I wonder what uh, an A plus 702 test is. No, look it up. Is that like a real estate thing, maybe? We think it's a real estate test. Uh, a Daniel Rudin also double nickels on the dime from Cedar Rapids. 
Iowa. Uh, double nickels on the dime. Why? Because metal money is superior to paper money. Metal as a commodity has real value. Its value is derived from its rarity and thus uh, its use as a resource. Only American debt slaves would deal in Federal Reserve notes whose purchasing power is constantly diminished by central bank inflationary policies. When you deal with commodity money, truly exchange value for value. Oh, brother. Can I get a douchebag call out for Dvorak? And all the times he has been a proponent of high inflation. I've never been a proponent of high inflation. Douchebag. Meh. (laughs) Did you say meh? Meh. Chris Bergeron in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. uh, Radioactive. Double nickels on the dime. As a recovering alcoholic now celebrating one year of sobriety, I realize I can't finish my ninth step until I make direct amends to the best podcast universe by for being such a douchebag for the past year years and never paying. Thank you for not only providing such an entertaining and educational show, but also for teaching me how to deconstruct the media as I view it. My news experience has never been the same or as rewarding since. Shout out to Tom Wolforth for hitting me in the mouth and I could... You get a de-douching followed by a karma shout-out to help me improve my income and quality of my sobriety. You've been de-douched. You've more. got karma. Mark Matiosas in Holbrook, Massachusetts, 5242. Feb 7th is my 30th birthday. I'm donating to you in honor of me. Please give me a Dvorak.org slash N-A. Two to the head, L-G-Y, karma. So far, John has not said my last name correctly. If he says it right this time, I will do a monthly donation subscription. Oh, jeez. I should have read this earlier. I could have gotten this pronunciation. Matiosis is real simple. That's what I said, Matiosis. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Yay! I think he wanted to, he didn't guess he didn't want a karma. Jeffrey Gerlock, our friend in Alamo, California. Uh, he wants this done in a stoner voice. Dudes, I ask you, what should I do with batshitcrazy.org? Okay. <laughs> I have a feeling that uh, forwards to us. Bat I don't know. Shit Type it in. Batshitcrazy.org. Daniel Frayer. Frayer. Why Frey. is it? It does. It goes to the No Agenda Show. Awesome. Good. Daniel Frere, F-R-A-I-R-E, I'm guessing. It's in El Paso, Texas, 50. I'd like to thank you guys for the excellent job you all do on the show. It's been listening for a long time, and I don't believe I've ever heard a donation from El Paso, Texas. Please call out the citizens of El Paso, Texas as douchebags. Douchebags. Along with the two to the head for me since I poked ass for so long to finally donate to the greatest podcast in the universe. God speed you two. <laughs> and keep Matt up the good Harbor, work. LLC in Sheboygan, Michigan, $50. And that will conclude our uh, donation segment for show four. Eight five, and we're coming up on four eight six, and hopefully people will keep up the pace. And we're coming uh, up on show the big five hundred. We're only fifteen shows away from five hundred. Five hundred episodes. What are we going to do for the big show? What day does the big show fall on? Even more important, what day does the big show fall on? Open the calendar to figure it out. Oh, well, let's. You want to do it? Well, you. Why don't you do that? And while well, you're doing you're that, saying, I'll okay. do. The, I'll do the birthdays. Okay. Dvorak.org slash n a. It's your birthday, 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 on no agenda. 
Jackson says happy birthday to his wife, Valeska. I bet you'll be dressing up party for him tonight. Russell Rhodes says happy birthday to his son, Vikram Rhodes, turning three tomorrow. Uh, Brian Wright's son, Lane, celebrated on the 6th. Elliot Gardner says happy birthday to his brother of NoAgenderation.com, Sir Andrew. Mark Matiosis congratulates himself, turns 30 today. And Spyro says happy birthday to his sister, Katina. She'll be celebrating her birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the best podcast in the universe. Better known as the No Agenda Show. figured out here's to be the 30th of march oh really and that's a sunday yep the big show 30th of march man yeah i'll I'll double check that but it looks like the 30th of march pretty awesome uh we have uh two nightings uh it's been a while so i'm very happy uh, to do that and always glad if we just uh thank you i'll get your sword there you go William Bauman and Lynn Fogwell, step forward. Both of you are entering the very exclusive club of Knights of the Noogen Roundtable. We highly appreciate the support of the best podcast in the universe, and therefore I can now present thee and bestow thee with the honors. I hereby pronounce thee Sir Bill and Sir Lynn, both Knights of the Noogen Roundtable. For you, sirs, hookers and blow, red boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, rubinets, women and rosé, geishas and sake, vodka, middle of and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts, and mutton and mead ready here at the round table. All you have to do is just come and sit down and enjoy. Thank you so much. And uh, your pins uh, will be on the way. Uh, we're making them. I believe. Are we... Uh... We're still designing the pin. No, that's part of the making process. Yeah, well... Well, who's doing the actual designing? Well, that's the big question. Who is? Oh, come on. We've got no submissions from any of our artists. I mean, uh, we could use the simple pin that was sent out by uh, to a few people, just for a moment, by, uh, by Greg Birch, our dentite knight. Uh, but I wanted something that was a little more... Um, flashy maybe multicolor although we can always fall back on this pin it's not a bad pin it, I've, I've got one anyway uh i need to, i need to thank uh three people <clears throat> i need to thank uh because I, I i finally started going through the mail oh by the way the irs you know what you when you come back because i hadn't you know i've been we were in exile i hadn't looked at any of the mail so yesterday as i'm doing ms mickey's paperwork i'm going through the mail i see a letter from the irs w- what does your heart do at that moment Sinks. It's an unpleasant experience. Yes. Apparently, even though I paid, they have not received my filing for 2010. How does that work? And I did do it with TurboTax, so it was filed electronically. Anyway, so I'm going through the mail, and I find a number of things. I would first like to thank uh, Baroness Maggie and Mr. Smith, who sent me, and I'm presuming they sent one to the post box, a uh, an NSA challenge coin. Did you get one? I do have an NSA challenge coin. I'm not exactly who. who, who no, I, I got an NSA challenge. I believe I have an NSA challenge. Yes, I do. Do you have the one? But with I got six... it from an anonymous source. Oh. I got it from some guys at the agency. Do you have the one that says 60 years of excellence"? I believe so. Okay, and what is the slogan? It's. I don't have the coin here with me. I'm, I'm going to tell you what the slogan is: "Defending our nation." Securing the future. <laughs> God, those guys are full of shit. And it's got little <laughs> nice diamond try, studs. <laughs> it's got little diamond studs. Uh, then I would like to thank... Um, Yours has diamond studs in it? It, it does. That's four little diamond studs. Oh, I haven't got that one then. Well, they're zirconias. 
Uh, Jim right. Hamer. Stones in mind. Jim Hamer from uh, Virginia. And I'm pretty sure that uh, Virginia nuts, that I'm pretty sure he sent you one of these. A silver coin. I've seen these advertised. Uh, with uh, It looks like the queen, only her head is uh, like a skeleton. a skeleton head. And it yeah. says, keep calm and slave on. Right. It's, yeah, I uh, did get one. I want to thank uh, yeah. Jim. We credit him on the... Uh, but it's fine. Yeah, it's still it's a silver coin, so that's worth like you know that's like thirty bucks right there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's an ounce of silver. Yeah, and then I would like to thank uh, John Gugolis from Perth, which, as you know, is our favorite uh, favorite town there in the Australias. Nuts uh, for sending me uh, a sampler of Velbex Seventeen, which is one hundred percent natural, topical, analgesic. An anti-inflammatory balm. <laughs> for, for I didn't that. get any balm in the mail. <laughs> You're not, you don't deserve any balm. This is for my back. <laughs> have you noticed that you go to balm. the post office, who they're trying to screw, so we have to pay millions of dollars to uh, send a letter. Yeah, which, um, which, by the way, I just we need to point out, as you have pointed out, this whole Saturday delivery, that's not because the post office are idiots. And broke, it's because they have to pay their pension 75 years in advance. It's a scam. Yeah, but people don't under... Like, Post office sucks. It's horrible. They can't... This is another government agency that has to be getting rid of. By the way, it's constitutional. We need the post office because that's the only way you can actually have secure communications between people through the U.S. mail. If you get rid of that, you're getting rid of all privacy forever. Exactly. It's true. And when people say, oh, I never use the post office, the post office delivers parcels as much as just as many as as, as UPS does. And they actually, I think their deals better with that prepaid box. Yeah, just if, as long as you, you can, can load it up with stuff, you don't have to weigh it. <laughs> as long as you can shove your girlfriend chop, chopped into bits into that box, she ships. There you go. <laughs> Flat rate. Flat rate. Just chop her, chop her up and she can fit in the box, she goes. No. So, so now, if you, by the way, when people are dropping off parcels, the post office says the following is there any perfume in there oh really why i've heard this two or three times because i go i go to the box you know and i'm and there's a line and people are doing stuff for the post office that nobody uses anymore the place is always packed and so they when they bring a parcel in the, per, the person behind the counter says is there any perfume in there huh. so now you can't ship perfume really yeah well you know uh, when we, we have uh, we got some movers Two guys in a truck. You ever heard of this outfit? Movers. Yeah, two guys in a truck. They're yeah, you called- talked about this on another show. So you're not allowed to move um, uh, uh, plants or uh, alcohol. What? They won't take it. You have what? To, no, you, plants and living things. Yes, yes. I've got a yes. wine cellar, let's say, with $10,000 worth of wine that I've collected for 30 years, and I want to move. Uh, and I want to move the wine. I, I'm pretty sure that a moving company will not do that. So I have to move it myself? Yes. Huh. I've never heard of this. Well, this, it was the same thing when we moved from uh, California. They also wouldn't do it. Well, I know when you're moving from state to state, there's an import-export issue when yeah. it comes to alcohol. Well, we are we are moving from... Outside of Austin to inside of Austin, maybe maybe, yeah. there's, maybe there's some different. Different town, boy. 
<laughs> you come in uh, Austin, you know, you got to pay a tax. You're out in Austin, you're not out there. <laughs> uh, there's something weird. Oh, by the way, do you remember who made the No Agenda Moonshine? What about him? I, I need a new bottle. You, you went through the moonshine? Yeah, I've been drinking this. You haven't been drinking it straight, I hope. No, no, no. Every every night, and Mickey has a little uh, little glass of, uh, you know, uh, what is that sweet, sticky stuff called? Uh, Could be anything, the sweet. <laughs> Sherry? You know what I'm saying? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, the sweet, sticky stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I give her some of the sweet, sticky stuff. Um, then I, uh, I I get a tall glass, two fingers of no agenda moonshine, two rocks, fill the rest up with nice, filtered, clean, pristine water. It's outstanding. It, it really is. We have to find a way to sell this stuff. We, we, the moonshine guy, get back a hold of us. Listen, I mean, I, I was a scotch drinker at night. I have completely become the moonshine drinker. It's really, really good. And I, I don't like mixing my drinks. Um, but I can imagine. I mean, it has a great taste, and it won't make you go blind. And it's really it's potent. No, and it has our logo on it. This is really good. The logo's dynamite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll good. get we'll get on the moonshine thing. Give us just uh, thirty days, and we'll be on. Uh, we'll have the whole thing figured out. So there was this kid who was uh, kicked out of. This is a little shut up slave moment. Uh, he was kicked out of school for pretending to throw a pretend grenade to protect the country. Did you hear about this? No, but why does not even surprise me in the least? They had to kick the kid out of school the other, like during last year sometime for pointing his finger and then, you know, making yeah. a gun, you know, like little kids yeah. do boom, 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 tsh, tsh, kind of thing. Threw him out. Threw him out of school. What's interesting, though, is he, he makes up a word which they laugh about, but it turns out it's actually a, a pretty good word. I just can't believe I got disbanded. Seven-year-old Alex Evans doesn't understand his suspension. They said I was being disbanded. Any better than he can pronounce it. It's called Rescue the World. He was playing the game during recess at Loveland's Mary Blair Elementary School. <laughs> threw an imaginary grenade into a box with what he okay. called pretend I evil forces inside. I uh, pretend I had something in my hand. I pretend the box and there's something shaking in it. And I'm like, and I go. He did not throw anything real or make any threats against anyone. Are you okay? He explains he was pretending to be the hero. So nothing can get out of it and destroy the world. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but he says he got dispended. Yeah. But it's like a, that that, but that's a real word. Dispended to pay it out, is? expend or spend. Yes, it's from the uh, Middle English, uh, and it, and it, I think the kid was dispended. He got. You know, it's when you get paid out, you're used, you're expended, you're you're thrown away. Essentially, that's what dispended means. Huh? Yeah, and they're making that's fun pathetic, of them. These stories. <laughs> I I like them. <laughs> we have a zero zero uh, tolerance policy on uh, pretending to be, uh, you know, like what you see on television and what we all pledge allegiance to and uh, what we all think is really the way to go, which is an American state of army. Right? Absolutely. It's a scam. It's just like this. I think it's done. It's got into the, the lexicon. It's, it's a mixed message. 
because the kids, you know, they're all afraid of doing anything. They can't do anything if they do make if they pretend or they fantasize like kids do. Uh, then they could get themselves into trouble. Meanwhile, then they go home and all they see on television is just violence. Well, again, it was it was like uh, the Super Bowl where you know we thank our men and women in uniform because without them. There would be no Super Bowl. I mean, literally, this is what they were saying. Without the men and women in uniform, there would be no Super Bowl. Now, let's hear from the Sandy Hook children. And so it's like, uh, don't have guns because you're going to get killed by guns. And uh, by the way, the girl who was a Jennifer Hudson, what's her name? Her whole family was shot up by guns and killed and everyone was killed. It's all anti-guns, kill the guns. And then, you know, back to the flyover. Yeah, exactly. I know it's a mixed message. Trying, I think it scrambles the brain. Well, this is it. Well, thank you very much. This for sure. This is this is a big part of it. I think I, I think they actually intend to confuse you with this stuff. Yeah. Intent. And uh, so speaking of word, I got a couple of things. Words matter. Um, war on ammo. Listen to Pierce Moron. Right, Mark Glaze, I mean, there are people now beginning to say, yes, maybe we should look as a nation at amending the Second Amendment again, and the reason, or repealing it, because the wording has been so... Let's appeal it. He said appealing. He didn't say repeal it. No, he said appealing. He <laughs> wants to appeal it. <laughs> you know why he said that? Because he means it. Exactly. Yeah. He said appealing. He's an idiot. Yeah. And then listen to this. This is a commercial for uh, MSNBC moving forward or whatever their their Nazistic uh, slogan is. Listen to, tell me what's missing. We must have a renewed fight for many of the things we fought for because voting rights and women's rights and the rights of people against discrimination, whether they're African-American, Latino, lesbian and gay, must be protected. Until we have a nation that is really living up to the creed of one nation, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, not all of one kind, but all. All right. What did you miss? I don't know. I couldn't. I'd be damn near put me to sleep halfway through. What did I miss? Okay. So two things. First of all, um, no uh, racism against uh, blacks, Latinos, gays, lesbians, but nothing about white people or women or, you know, there was a, so that's all that is. But no, he, uh, he left out God. He's doing the Pledge of Allegiance. One nation, indivisible, and then he says, with liberty and justice for all. What happened to the God part? And he's a, supposedly and he's a the minister. Reverend. Yeah, listen to it again. It's really crazy. Huh. It's really living up to the creed of one nation, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I don't mind, but I thought it's interesting. He is the Reverend Al Sharpton, is he not? Yeah. 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 yeah so. I think he's an atheist. I think he's an a-hole. That's what well, I think. That's, that goes without saying. The rest of it is up for debate. But here's my favorite. This is my, my all-time, talking about confusing people. So we had the Sandy Hook kids in uh, at the Super Bowl. Of course, they were already on the Today Show doing uh, the MK Ultra Anthem of uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. 
And, uh, well, you know what? It, it turns out they're a hit. It's exploiting the students from Newtown. That's what some are saying after it was announced that Ryan Seacrest would be featuring a group of students from Newtown, Connecticut, on his red carpet show that airs right before the Grammys. Now, E! Entertainment Television says they're going to be singing the hit song, Call Me Maybe. The appearance comes just a week, though, after another group of students from the school sang alongside Jennifer Hudson at the Super Bowl. So is all of this... Cute, endearing, good for the kids, or is it exploiting the Sandy Hook tragedy? <laughs> the prostitute asks if it's exploiting the kids. No, really? Really, you question this? Call Me Maybe, that's the song they're going to do? I mean, you know, what, it's kind of a dumb song to, for kids to sing. Well, these kids are the ones that are supposed to be traumatized. Yeah, what do they want to go pick up some girls or guys or what's that's a you know a, a come on song you know call me you know hey how you doing hey, well, let's look at the lyrics I threw a wish in the well don't ask me I'll never tell I looked to you as I fell and now you're in my way whoa I trade my soul for a wish pennies and dimes for a kiss I wasn't looking for this but now you're in my way your stare was holding. Ripped jeans, skin was showing, hot night wind was blowing, where you think you're going, baby? Hey, I just met you and this is crazy, but here's my number, call me maybe. Holy crap. This is, this is frightening. <laughs> it's totally, I never looked at those lyrics. Well, it goes on a little bit, but of course I'm being offered a ringtone. Hold on a second. Hey, I just met you and this is crazy, but here's my number, call me maybe. It's hard to look right at you, baby, but here's my number. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. And all the other boys try to chase me, but here's my number. So call me maybe. You took your time with the call. I took no time with the fall. You gave me nothing at all, but still you're in my way. I beg and borrow and steal. Have foresight and it's real. I didn't know I would feel it, but it's in my way. Damn. It's creepy. It is creepy. We should read more lyrics, by the way, now that you did that. Yeah. That's creepy. Well, yeah. It's cre- I have a feeling, you know, just my conspiratorial thinking, uh, you know, is, is, is actually, it's kind of makes a lot of sense that, you know, these, these kids. Attention all human resources. <laughs> no entry. Second half of soul. You know, because this whole thing was like some pedo bear scandal or whatever. They've, they're just keeping these kids occupied so they can't talk about anything. You know, turning them into little celebrities and uh, shuffling them around from. You know, I mean, can you imagine? You're so you're at the, you're at the Today Show. You're singing with uh, you know with Jennifer Hudson at the Super Bowl. Then you, I mean, then to top it off, if if you thought you couldn't get any higher on the showbiz ladder than the Super Bowl, you're on the red carpet with 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 Ryan. I mean, my God! I mean, you have reached the pinnacle. They just this is this is shameful. It is shameful. They should leave these kids alone. Hey, teacher, leave teacher. these kids alone. <laughs> that's what they should be singing. Yeah, that's exactly now what they talking. should be singing. All right, I've got two Euroland clips. Uh, one of them uh, includes uh, is is a, 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 a another fantastic clip from the one and only Nigel Farage. Uh, but first. A little look at what's going on in Gitmo Nation East and other parts of Europe uh, as it comes to the Muslim patrols. Have you heard of the Muslim patrols, John? The Muslim patrols. No. Okay. So, yeah, and this is, you know, what was expected. 
um, with, you know, oh, let everyone just come on in. You know, the Netherlands is not on this list, but they should be. Uh, there are now uh, Muslim patrols uh, in the streets of London and other places in Euroland uh, telling people uh, that this is a Muslim area and uh, you can't drink alcohol here or you can't wear a short skirt here. Get out. is a Muslim area. We are the Sharia Law Muslim Patrol. Whitechapel in East London. A hardline vigilante group is trying to impose Sharia law on unsuspecting members of the public. Muslim area. Okay. Alcohol, bad. This is a Muslim area. It's not just drinkers being targeted. Yeah, you're, 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 you're gay, mate. Get out of here, mate. Get out of here, you fag. <laughs> you're a fag. Go away. It's a Muslim area. And women wearing skirts above the knee are also being harassed. To not dress like that in Muslim area. Only a handful of men are involved in the self-styled patrols. Five have been arrested on suspicion of harassment, but we joined others who haven't been picked up by the police. These men claim they're simply tackling drunken behaviour where alcohol's already banned from the streets. But they do share many of the same hardline beliefs as those arrested. But Britain isn't the only country struggling to contain such behaviour. In Denmark, an Islamist from another so-called Muslim patrol stands menacingly outside a polling station vowing to stop Muslims voting. In Belgium, these extremists want existing Sharia courts, which handle family matters, to be expanded to cover criminal matters, including un-Islamic behaviour in Muslim areas. And in Lerida, Spain, hardline Salafist groups have angered locals by demanding pet dogs are banned from public transport and Muslim neighbourhoods. Several dogs have been poisoned. Leading British Muslims like Baroness Varsi have warned their communities need to integrate better into wider society to stop extremism. You know, this is another one of those things like we were talking about the other day with the freedom of the press in Euroland going down the tubes and you'll have to be a licensed journalist. This is actually happening. I mean, there are actual Muslim patrols out there telling people, hey, you're a fag, get out, get off the street. This is a Muslim area. This is not okay. All right. This is not, not okay. okay. It really is not okay. And, you know, Belgium is really bad. And, you know, they're not, I mean, you know, and and this is just all this. Oh, okay, whatever. You know, they're, they're people too. You know, we got to get some more. You know, yeah. You know, watch out. You know, this. It's you think this can't happen in America? You get Muslim patrols. It can happen. It can happen. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it could. It just looks like it could be a publicity grab for something or other. Ah, the new Muslim patrol movie with Tom Cruise. <laughs> Check it out, maybe. <laughs> yeah, if we're lucky. So I thought the most interesting piece of news this week was this uh, S&P incompetence suit. Yeah. The, 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 so, because yeah, play the clip. Oh, you have a clip for it? Oh, lovely. Oh, this is great. Okay, hold on. Oh, hello. Financial system in 2008 to save it from collapse. A disaster Washington now blames Standard & Poor's for starting... Prior to the crisis, home buyers were granted loans that were beyond their means, so-called subprimes. Those mortgages were packaged together into CDOs, financial instruments, to be resold. Despite the risks, credit ratings agencies gave them AAA notes, a seal of approval that encouraged investors to buy them up. Built on those fragile foundations, when the bottom rungs collapsed, it dragged down the whole edifice. The ensuing crash, the worst the U.S. has known since the Great Depression, as hundreds of thousands of people lost their homes. S&P's desire to ensure market share, to ensure profit, 
to ensure revenue led it on a misguided venture to take securities it knew were lead and to tell the world through its ratings that they were gold. Risk-averse investors such as pension funds need ratings agency approval before they can invest. Faced with stiff competition, S&P is accused of gilding its evaluations to keep its financial clients happy. Allegations of a conflict of interest the rating agency rejects, saying that without the benefit of hindsight, its rivals were making the same conclusions. Yeah. I love it. This, this is bullcrap. Well, yeah, they, they just they got to do something. So they're suing him for ten, $5 billion. I mean... There was no, the guy says the S&P desires, it makes it sound as though they were actually, oh, this is real garbage. Let's just give it a triple A. That's bullshit crap. There's no way that these guys, they were, most people, in the, if you remember when the collapse first happened and they talked about this situation, they said they didn't understand these vehicles. They were like, un, there were huge thick piles of paper. I bought a couple of things similar to these, and you get a it's a, it's a, like a, a three inch binder full of material you have to read. You through. bought one of these? You bought a a, a mortgage backed security? No, no, I bought a uh, exchange traded note, not an exchange exchange traded fund. But if you buy an ETN, which are very hard to come by, but they're around, mm-hmm. you they have to give you this document that explains what it is you're buying. It's ridiculous. It would take me months and months to read this thing. How did you do? These on guys it? were just given briefings on these great packages that were packaged up, and they honestly believed. I don't know who was playing the game on them, but they they didn't. They weren't being insincere by giving them these high ratings. They weren't trying to cheat anybody. They were just being buffaloed, like everybody else, apparently. Well, they're so, the same guys. Uh, so, that, that, so what makes them bad guys? What about the bankers who put these deals together and sent these things off into the Netherlands uh, and, and, uh, and the bankers uh. who went to S&P and talked them into, like, giving them these high ratings? What about all those bankers? Even There's the, not a banker in the world that's even been indicted for anything, yet they're fining these guys $5 billion? No banker gets accused of anything? Are you kidding me? I take it you uh, lost money on this instrument. No. That's why you're so. I angry? lost money on the mortgage uh, on the on the collapse <laughs> of the housing market. I was headed to uh, to retirement with all, all the property I have, and it all got cut down to to you to know nothing. I think I lost forty percent. Really? On everything. Wait a minute. You were on your way to retirement with all the property you had, and then so you're now on Social Security three thousand dollars a month eating cat food in Florida. <laughs> wow. Well, no, Matt, Matt, that, Matt, I'm just saying. Yes, it, 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 yes. things were going well. <laughs> you, we were bouncing along. Things were awesome, <laughs> and then boom. Well, Matt Taibbi is working on uh, on another one of those stories, which I think is uh, valid. He's he actually, I got some. You got some airtime on PBS. You're working on a story right now to come out in a couple of weeks on the HSBC settlement. That's right. the. Tell me about that. Why it interests you. Well, the HSBC settlement was was uh, a really shocking kind of new low in the history of, of the too-big-to-fail issue. HSBC was a serial offender uh, on the money laundering score. They had been um, uh, twice given formal cease-and-desist orders by the government, one dating back as far as 2003, another one in 2010, uh, for inadequately policing uh, the, the accounts in their system. Uh, they 
laundered over $800 million for, for cartels in Colombia. Drug cartels. Drug cartels in, in Colombia and Mexico. Uh, they laundered money for uh, terrorist-connected banks. Uh, in the Middle East, uh, Russian gangsters, literally, you know, I talked to one prosecutor, it's like, they broke basically every law in the book, and they did business with every kind of criminal you can possibly imagine, and they got a complete and total walk. I mean, they had to pay a fine. $1.9 billion, dollars, a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but it's, it's five weeks of revenue for the bank, <laughs> to put that in perspective, and no individual had to suffer any consequences at all. There were no, uh, no criminal charges, uh, no individual fines, which was incredible, incredible. Lanny Brewer also forced the Swiss bank UBS, as you know, to pay a big fine in the LIBOR, the price-fixing conspiracy, and, and that outraged you as well, didn't it? Larry Brewer, by the way, left. Did you see that he left the Department of uh, Justice? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. He just left and, like, no one said anything. It's like, oh, whatever, he just left. So... Uh, so when you have this, when you have this rampant um, uh, illegality happening and corruption and laundering drug money and Russian gangster money and hooker money and God knows what, uh, drug money, uh, what you got to do is you got to sue S&P and make them look like a-holes. That's what you do. You know, oh, we're on the ball. We're suing those guys who started this whole mess. Yeah, and they blame him for the whole thing. Yeah. They actually blame him. If you yeah. listen, Holder comes out. They blamed him. Yeah. It was S&P's fault. Yeah. Awesome. Please. And um, this is just out in, uh, <laughs> this is great. So, um, you know, if you ask people during the healthcare debate, you know, it's like, uh, what should we have? What would people always say? They say, you know, in the UK, it's like we need universal health care, like free, and it's awesome. Right? Right. Well, uh, Prime Minister uh, Cameron has had to apologize uh, for this report that came out. An atrocious report about the NHS, the National Health System, um, which uh, details how many people die a month from neglect uh, that people are sitting in their own feces and their shit and, and no one is cleaning them for days, that people uh, need um, pain medication and uh, and they're just left uh, in pain, cringing, crumbling in pain uh, because, uh, you know, the staff just can't be bothered. <laughs> and so, and he's like, oh, he's, he's like, oh, it's the NHS is failing. And so what we're going to do now is because of this, we're going to target nurses' pay. That's how we're going to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't get paid by seniority, but by quality of care. Yeah. Now, face it. When yeah, the government words, runs... Whoever writes the best uh, logs. Yes. The <laughs> Good money. logs, exactly. Face it. Who, whenever the government runs something, it sucks. It just sucks. You know, it's a government. It's what happens. People get complacent. The report is about complacency. But it's it's nasty. When you read this report, it makes your stomach churn. People left in their own feces for days. Ugh. And then you get all the super bugs and everything. And, you know, and then the, but of course, there's a union involved. It's just, it's crazy. Um, So... I got a couple because we're getting yeah, to the end here. Yeah, we are. Well, uh, do you I want do to have see? a new segment of the show I'd like to do. Oh, oh. okay. 
Uh, just kind of maybe replace the Ask Adam uh, bit, which failed. Well, it failed because you never had a good question. Yeah, well, that could be it. I got another one, though. Mm-hmm. I got uh, for Adam another. It's like Adam, but it's called Guess the Movie. <laughs> okay. Oh, I like and this. You have to guess the movie. I'm really bad at this. I don't know any movies. You, you This is why I dreamed this up, because you were bragging about all these movies you get to see. <laughs> no, because, no. I only, that's not true. I, I mean, oh, I get to see all the screeners. <laughs> oh, I can't send you the screeners. You're a peon. You can't see the screeners. <laughs> no, I didn't say I could. I was sending you the guess. screeners. Mickey's afraid she'll get busted for, like, you know, the SAG thing, the kicker out of the union or whatever. That's a slave. Yeah. So uh, hey, she's a good-looking one. Well, a lot of them were. Uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, guess the movie. Is the, guess the movie. Come on, guess. Is this a current movie, or do I do I get no, any help? No, it's going to be movies, uh, historic, semi-historic <laughs> movies. They're not going to be like a movie oh, that just came out, because you probably wouldn't see it yet. <sighs> okay, so this is a... There's has, enough information in here for you to guess the movie. All right, all right, hold on a second. It is time for Adam to... Yes, the movie! My colleagues in Argentina and Ontario have almost identical data. It's so hot here, we've had to seal off the mine. You double-check the numbers? I triple-check, my friend. I wish we were wrong, but we're not. The Earth's crust is destabilizing. It's too early. Adrian, you have to begin the evacuation. Oh, my God. All our scientific advances. Our fancy machines, the Mayans, saw this coming thousands of years ago. Oh, wow. Well, there was some Indian dude in there, which was very... Uh, uh, you can't guess. 2012. The that, movie 2012. That was exactly what I was going to say. How soon they forget. The movie 2012 came out when the world was supposed to end last a couple months ago, and now we've completely forgotten about it. The people who did that stupid movie weren't being ridiculed. The idiots that had all these conventions in San Francisco, believe me, we went past one of them once. I snuck in to just hang out with the people. The 2012 is going to end the world group. Maniacs. Anyway. Uh, you know what's funny? The chat room was being helpful by by suggestions such as Caddyshack too. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they're good for a laugh. Wow. Well, I like the segment. Um, in in future, uh, I would like you to give me a, a, a time, uh, a little bit of time to. Um, I'll, I'll set up a. No, you don't. Yeah, do you have a metronome? That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, let me just run through my uh, my notes here. Uh, reports are that uh, Janet Lucy Napolitano might be considering a run for the 2016 presidency. Oh, let's well, we have to encourage this. <laughs> I think so too. I think this. I think we should actually have vote Lucy. Vote Lucy. Lucy for 2016. Wouldn't and she's powerful. Make no mistake. This is a very powerful woman. In, More uh, ways in, than one. Yes, <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. Um, she, she. I bet you she has huge backing. There's another. Yeah, just, I'm just laying them. I'm just handing you the jokes. By the way, I'm just, just I'm noticing, ha- laying them out for you. Um, but could you imagine Napolitano versus Clinton, 2016? Because she would run Republican, I think. No, she wouldn't. Yes, she would. She was never a Republican. She was a Democratic uh, governor. I think she could switch. 
Well, she probably does. So you think she would run in the primaries against Hillary? Could you imagine that ticket? That one was over your head. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'd love to see the primaries of the, her versus Hillary. It's not going to happen. She Somebody else is going to come up to her. Hey, hey, uh, Lucy. Lucy. You're not running. Really? Nuss said. Hmm. California uh, law, as predicted, uh, are now int- have introduced the gun liability insurance bill. As I predicted on this very podcast, where uh, in order to uh, own a handgun or a-, a gun, not a handgun, you would have to uh, have insurance. Well, we saw that coming, didn't we? And uh, they'll probably vote it in too. This oh, crazy yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. California oh, state legislature—they're idiots. Yeah, you betcha. You betcha. Seems like a good idea. Hey, I mean, cars kill people, too. I mean, it fits so into the argument. You know, it's, it's, I think. I yeah, think, and meanwhile, every gangbanger in Oakland, uh, you know, none of them would have the insurance. Uninsured shooter. That'll be a new moniker. <laughs> Undocumented American and uninsured shooter. Yeah, uninsured shooter. No, it should be uninsured uh, weapon owner or something, not shooter. Uh, uninsured. Hmm. Uninsured weapons owner. That would be yeah, good. That's possible. It's possible. The UWO. Yeah. Um, well, if you're you stalling for time, I got a couple of Don well, Lemon clips I want to get out of the oh, way. <laughs> I mean, I still have the Farage clip, which I know you want to hear. But let's. Don Lemon is close second to Nigel Farage. What do you got? Pay part one. Screwy Don Lemon. Don Lemon, this is a very weird report, and Don Lemon is flabbergasted by it. I'm sure wives and girlfriends love, love, love it when their man does some work around the house. But guys, here's a warning for you. It matters what you do around the house. If you do dishes, if you vacuum, if you do some light dusting, it may mean less loving from the lady. So there's your warning. Jeff Gardier is here, and he's a clinical psychologist. So wait a minute, Jeff. Guys who help out around the house get essentially punished in the bedroom? Yeah, it turns out a new study by uh, the Center for Advanced Studies out of Madrid using some data from a survey that was done back in 1999 are saying that gender-specific relationships where the guys are doing more of the sort of men work, such as paying bills, yard work, uh, maybe changing the oil, these guys are getting more intimacy from their wives than the guys who are doing things, as you pointed out, such as vacuuming, doing the laundry, uh, perhaps even doing the cooking. So, <laughs> and he doesn't understand what's going on here? No, no, you play the part two, and you, yeah, no, he's completely like, because he's, this is not what he's been taught, and Lemon is not, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a weird guy anyway. Well, but, he, what he need, he, well, I, I'm, I'm not going to say what I wanted to say until I hear the second part of this yeah, clip. Yeah, play the second part, and then you can give your opinion. <laughs> Why is it that doing certain chores around the house, why would it affect a, cu- affect a couple's sex life? Is it because, I don't know, if you, if you go out and you mow the lawn and your, I don't know, your lady comes home and you're doing the lawn with your shirt off, that's sexier than doing the laundry? I don't know. Why is that? Well, well, well perhaps maybe it's the testosterone that uh, may be setting the ladies off a little bit. I, <laughs> I, I figured this one out, Don. I think what's going on, the ladies are saying, you know what? We can cover the cooking, the cleaning, the laundry. We do that better than you guys because you guys are inept at doing it anyway. So what we'd like for you to do is the heavy lifting. We'd like for you to 
pay the bills. And so we will reinforce your behavior, get you to do the stuff that we don't really feel like doing by exchanging the intimacy. So it's a perfect uh, conditioning uh, or operant conditioning by their giving them positive reinforcement for doing the things that they want them yeah, but to Jeff, do. This is 2013. I thought, I mean, not 1950. I thought we were supposed to bust out of those gender assignment, out of those roles and, and, and as society evolved. <laughs> oh, there, there it is. This is 2013. I thought we were supposed to bust out of these gender assignment roles. What up with that, sister? Don well, Lemon. You, this, no, 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 you, yeah, no, no. I get to talk now because you just wasted Two minutes yeah, of just, my life. Tell us what you think. This is Don Lemon needs to first of all disclaim that he's a homosexual when he does when he does this. He says I am I have a, a different view on life than this. This whole report shouldn't have been on television. The whole thing well, is stupid. He, here's the re, here's the kicker to the whole thing. This was done in Spain. What's <laughs> yeah. it got to do with Americans? Their culture is totally alien to American culture when it comes to this sort of thing. <laughs> I just, it's like comparing the Mexican culture to the American culture oh, straight you know, up. We had this whole conversation yesterday with Jamaican in Austin. Um, he's from Jamaica. And you know we were talking about um, the difference between culture and uh, – uh, uh, um, uh, that's not the right word – uh, you know, your cultural background and racial culture, I guess it's a kind of way to say it. I'm not quite sure what words to put on it. But, you know, the the whole idea of saying, well, you know, Mexicans are different than uh, Caucasians. Uh, black people are different than Caucasians. But, you know, Jamaicans are different kinds of black people. You know, it's like the whole thing is like, when can we finally accept that, you know, just everybody's different? I'm a white guy. You know, middle-aged white guy, you're a middle-aged white guy. We are not the same. We do not hang uh, outside of this show. In fact, if we were the same, the show would suck. So, you know, this whole, like, putting people and No, this and is an sexes. another attempt. This is a piece of propaganda. You bitched about it. But the fact is it's a piece of propaganda trying to make everybody the same one happy world yes. so we can get to the UN and the one world order and all the bull crap <laughs> trilateral commission culture creation culture creation culture creationism culture creationism and so every time one of these reports comes out as boring as you think they are, I think they're extremely important to listen to because yeah, they show right. you this subtle propaganda that is going on at a very funny level that is that has more impact than, than our show, to be quite frank about it. No, no, um, you are you are in fact entirely correct. It is very important to highlight this because this is it's this is dangerous. This is like the Muslim patrols. There's no worse. You know, but but when you inject this into the culture, man, oh man. Okay, so um, uh, end of show. Uh, I just want to play the Farage clip, and then I want to come back just so we can briefly laugh about how right he is. Um, I see that uh, Brennan, whose face is mushed up, by the way, he's not a handsome man. This Brennan, he looks like you know, like if you ever see a um, like a cast iron sculpture of someone's face, and then you look yeah, up no, close. Yeah, he looks as if he has uh, been shot kind of with birdshot. Together, or he's an alien. <laughs> That's together. the best they can do. He's an old model. <laughs> he's been assembled. <laughs> he's been assembled. Some he's an assemb old model. Some assembly required. Um, I guarantee you. 
There's going uh, drink every single time someone talks about the movie Zero Dark Thirty because you you know that they're completely creating this truth and reality based upon the movies, and it's just it, it's it's absurd, is what it is. So it's okay because that's why we're here. Our job is to punch through that and and hit people right smack in the face with what is really going on. That's why we are the best podcast in the universe. Um, someone else who does that in the European Parliament continuously with a very good uh, two-minute speech is Nigel Farage. Mr. Farage. President Hollande, despite your own view... Uh, I should mention uh, the, the uh, President of France, Hollande, was visiting... In the uh, in the European Parliament, so he is actually hitting the uh, president of France in the mouth. Mr. Farage, President Hollande, despite your own views, you're doing rather a lot for the Eurosceptic debate in France. The decision to reduce the retirement age, to increase the minimum wage, but above all, of course, the hate tax to make sure that all your successful entrepreneurs and now footballers are fleeing France means that the competitiveness gap between France and Germany is getting wider. That is now being reflected in a flight of capital from French banks. And people are beginning to notice that actually, ultimately, the euro is not just doomed in the Mediterranean, but it's going to be impossible for France and Germany to stay together inside the same economic and monetary union. So, on the basis that your employment minister says the country is bankrupt, what do you do? Well, the old trick, launch a foreign military intervention. So your troops go off to Mali, and yes, it's very good to see the smiling faces in Timbuktu for the moment, uh, but you've done this on behalf of the European Union. It is now an EU mission. Just two days ago, Tony Blair said the European Union is not about peace, the European Union is about power. I think what he meant is the European Union increasingly will be about war. Because the response to Mali, the response to it being an EU mission, and we've heard it all around the chamber today, the Liberals urging us to intervene militarily in Syria, a support from right and left in this House that the EU should intervene militarily. I have to say this, if you really think that taking on fundamentalist, radical Islam in battle is something that we can somehow succeed in. I suspect we will in launch ourselves um, in the same way we have in Afghanistan on a decade of unending, unwinnable misery. I do not want the United Kingdom to be part of a militaristic, warlike European Union, and that's the speech that I've heard both from you, President Hollande, and from most people in this chamber today. <laughs> there you go. World War Three in Europe, France versus Germany. Huh? Wow, that's <laughs> a weird idea. Nah, it could never happen. <laughs> it could never ever happen. They haven't resolved their differences since World War before World War yeah. One. Before yeah. then, they were having these problems. Yeah. And they, it, this is never going to end. We're just going to be doomed to watch these two countries fight with each other, literally fight. I don't think they're either one are going to nuke each other, but it'll you know, so be another miserable thing. Every time they go to fight each other, something strange drags us into it. Yeah, well, no, that's that's the whole system. Is Then we have to go and we have to end it, and then, you know, all the money shifts hands, and, you know, essentially we, 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 we rock, because we do, you know, because we make all the killing stuff. That gets bought, you know, everything's great, and then we have to come in and go, hey, bitches, we take care of you, 
and then uh, you know we rebuild uh, Europe again. We start all over again. 2017 was that the when the when the civil war will end in Europe? No, it begins in 2020. Oh, we got it. Oh, we got some time. We got plenty of time. We got seven years. Okay. So let me. So what have we learned today? We have learned. Uh, we have seven years until the uh, war in Europe starts, um, and we have until the until October uh, to short the bond market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm starting. The war to... actually may begin earlier. I mean, this is 2020 is when we get involved. Oh, okay. So, the, so, so 2017. I mean, it, it yeah. Punching it out in, in uh, 2019 for all we know. I, I think mean, 2017. It's begun now as far as I can yeah, tell. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, I will be starting a new business when we move into town. I have right. a, a new business idea. Uh, Dutch bikes in Austin. Some for some reason, in America in general, someone decided that bicycles could only be one of two kinds: ten-speed uh, racing bicycles uh, or mountain bicycles. What happened to the utility bicycle? Like you know, a, a bike. Yeah, the cheap, the regular old cheap bike you used to have when you were a kid. Well, not just that, but one that has a basket. Yeah, with a basket in front. Yeah. A utility bicycle. What happened to this concept? I I, I checked every single bicycle store. Because in I, I go around here where there's all these bike lanes, and there's nobody using the bicycle like that to go to the store in there. No, they got their speedos on, and they got a high speed <laughs> bike, and they're pumping away up and down and up and down. They're not doing anything. I mean, they're just it's exercise. You might as well be on a stationary bike if you're just going to exercise in the bike lane. When you're in Holland, there's people are going from point A to point B. They're not yes. exercising, but in and Austin, they're not demanding a bike lane because so I can exercise in the bike lane. No, and and Austin Austinites, you know, they ride bikes a lot. I think it's. I think but, you stumbled but, onto something. You stumbled onto the fraud of bicycling. Yeah, but what happened? I mean, I mean, it, if they were just yeah, fixies. That's what they're called. They're called fixies. But you just need to just. I mean, I think people would really take to it. You know, we're going to be living right near South Congress. It's a little too. I mean, yeah, it's a little too far to walk. But you know, we drove from the new house uh, to South Congress to get some lunch. I'm like, this is stupid. I mean, I'd taken more time to park than, you know, then you have to diagonal park back into the parking spots on South Congress, which is kind of cool, but it's a pain in the ass. No, it's not cool. And, uh, you know, but it's like, I just, I just want a bike. And then I'm looking around. The only around. reason they have those types of things is to make sure people have their front license plate. It's a I, scam. I don't have a front license plate and I never got well, a you're ticket. Gonna, well, you're probably going to get a ticket. No, to I'm not going to Back in parking bull crap. So I, um, uh, so I, no, I, I, I want a bike. I look at, do you want a bike cost? You can't get a bike. Uh, you you want to buy a bike? It's like you get a mountain bike or a 10-speed bike. $900 for a freaking <laughs> bike. Which will get stolen. No, maybe, maybe no not. No one will steal the bike you're talking but about. But in Amsterdam, I can just go to the central station and just like some junk will sell me a bike for 10 euros, you know, and then that'll get stolen and I'll buy another one. It's a rotating system. But just a utility bicycle where you can put your briefcase in if you're going to the office. You know, this Austin is a great, it's flat, generally flat. You know, this, we have lots of room to ride your bike. People ride bikes, but they're stupid. You gotta, you know, you gotta have, you, you, you know, you got no uh, fenders. So if it if it rains and you get wet, because you know, the fenders, you know, the light you have to put a light on your arm. What happened to a light on the bicycle? This is stupid. We need a reset. When I was a kid, <laughs> we had bikes that had lights. I'm telling you. And we'd make noise with playing cards and, in the spokes. 
And you could put your girlfriend on the back of the bike and she can be riding with you. Yeah, it's cute. Or on the front. On the handlebars. And when I was a kid, yeah, I had my girlfriend riding on the handlebars. There were songs about this. Hold on. There were songs about this. There's a law against it now. <laughs> there were songs. Uh, let me see. I've got to find the song now. I had a bike. <laughs> it had fenders. <laughs> You're laughing at me. But I and think it had is, one speed. I, th- <laughs> I think this is a business. I think there's a business... You, in, you pump uh, at the one speed. In in uh, what is it called? Fixie Fixie bikes. You buy yeah. this bike. The Alessi brothers. Oh, Lori, I'd like to ride my bicycle with you on the handlebars. You laugh and run away. Do I? I mean, come on. The songs about this stuff. No, now, you can't ride on the front of your ten-speed bike on you the handlebars. Put a helmet on. <laughs> yeah, and we don't need helmets in Austin. Even better, don't need helmets. Stupid! You look like the doofus with your helmet on, like you're going so fast. All right, all right. An update on that tomorrow. Um, I uh, I only need uh, fifty thousand dollars to get started. Uh, well, for, you're not going to get it with these donations <laughs> for inventory. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you very much. Hi, everybody. In the morning. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation, Drone Star State, here in Austin, Tejas, home of the utility bike. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where the only bikes are 15-speed, titanium, unbelievable (laughs) bikes, and everyone dresses in Speedos and pretends that they're a racer. (laughs) That's the kind of bikes we got around here. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda. This is a message from Amtrak. Keep your luggage with you at all times. Today, Viper Team specialists from Homeland Security will be aboard this California Daylight Express train to Sacramento. They will be conducting a test of passenger obedience. This is only a test, but you are required to obey all orders and may be frisked, patted down, strip-searched, X-rayed or tasered as part of this terrorist drill. Do not ask questions, just do as you are told. All women on board this train will be obliged to suck the cock of any Viper Team officer if so requested. Men may have to submit to buggery. Welcome to Amtrak. Have a safe journey. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A.